Aaron, Robert, wait, wait. We, when did you start speeding, Tim? 24 seconds ago. When I was going, dun 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 dun. Because I did. It, was it before I said Aaron Robinson's name or after? Is <laughs> it right in the before. middle of Aaronson's intro? Aaron's intro. We have Aaron Robinson here. Aaron too. Robinson in the house of what is currently called Haggerty Magazine, but that may change. Welcome, sir. Hey, welcome. Thanks very much. I like you your new welcome. your new beard. Thank you. It's it's I a good look for you. You didn't notice, but you've clearly noticed. No, I wanted to save it until we until Tim said speeding. Oh, I appreciate that. You've done this show so many times. You don't realize that like I'm completely antisocial until they start rolling the, the thing, and then I start talking because I'll. And we so so are you, by the way. You just kind of sat there like looking at a pen, and you're like, "So what's going on?" And then, but now it's hard. Nah, to, it's not pizzazz. Well, you know, it's go time. Right. We're on the stage. Now we're on. It's hard to do Zach Clapman can tell you. It's hard to do radio with your friends because while you're setting up and you come over and then you start talking about it, before you know it, you realize you have to say the same shit again mm -hmm. 30 seconds later. We, so all, I, we all learned this from Adam Carolla, right? Who would be really He won't talk to you at all until... And then he would disappear. Yeah. Yes. Well, he, he had a reason. He would disappear, and this was because Aaron worked with us on the car show on Speed. He would disappear because he'd be like writing a book in his fucking car. <laughs> He would. He yeah. wrote a book in his car while doing while redoing in his that. Car. Yeah, he, he sat, sat in the Rolls Royce on um, the Mojave airfield. So in between takes, he did it a few. He times. was doing voice to book tape with his writer Mike. Uh, was his name Lynch? Yeah, and really. He, yeah, and he did it. He I remember he I had, had no like idea. a like an ISF long term loaner or something, and he would just be sitting in there in between takes. Yeah, but I was referring to more like when you do his podcast. Uh, he he doesn't like. Like I know, I I know Adam for a long time. I like him. Like we're friends, but like he won't even he'll say hi and say what's up and then like leave and not talk to me again until they're rolling. And I understand. I understand why now, because it's like Cause you, you want it to be good, funny stuff. On yeah, you want it to be fresh. That's mm -hmm. why Opie and Anthony fucking had people roll in like mid show. <laughs> they just would, you know what I mean. You just you start already on the show. They're gonna run I'm out of stuff. learning so much. Yeah, man. But how are you with your new? Haggerty, uh, for five weeks in. Now. Five weeks? Yeah, five, I, I fucked up. I I didn't I didn't uh, that the Haggerty thing didn't make it to me. I forgive you. And, uh, uh, are you on Facebook? You have Facebook friends? No, I, I we have a we you only have, have a fan tired. page. I don't have like a real face. It's a fucking problem with the Facebook thing. It really is. <laughs> it's a, it it's sucks an issue. your day. <laughs> no, yeah. no, I don't have a Facebook page. Like I really don't. You're okay. missing so little. I, yeah, exactly. I know. I don't re regret it. Except I sometimes there's like something cool that I want to be invited to. You know, like Haggerty Magazine's Facebook page. This is why he is not depressed about the state of affairs in America. No, I'm depressed about myself. I'm, no, I'm, I have Twitter. You don't have any room in your depression. I wake up and read, read horrible things about Donald Trump every fucking day, and I want to hang myself. Twitter you know. seems like even a bigger waste of time. Than Facebook? I couldn't tell you. I don't have Facebook. I mean, let's face it. The internet is just your chance to meet 500,000 idiots, new idiots every day, right? I mean, I mean I'm a lot of other people's waste of time, so I'm not one to say. Fair point. What's a, fucking, a lot of people use on my show, both this show and the video show. But it's making people angry about humanity because we... we we sort of knew that there were idiots out there, but mm -hmm. it's now it's like you get in bed with them. You know, you, you get to know all their personal, intimate thoughts, and it's that's terrible. It's I don't want to know that. I stuff. just saw a video yesterday of 
of a guy flat towing a car on a pretty long rope and there was no one in the other car <laughs> and it and, and as you'd expect two turns in it went left he went oh, wait, right was it like a blue truck or something it was a pickup truck a pickup pulling truck. a white sedan and the the car went left ripped and <laughs> ripped off his tailgate because he hadn't tied it to the hitch he tied you it to the saw tailgate. all this it was on a video Tim, and it just went straight on, on look on reddit and it's meanwhile in yep. alabama yeah. or something That's exactly <laughs> what it is. Oh, and I, the reason i know about this is because i was tagged about a thousand times because have you seen my lamborghini Log video. No, mm, remind me. Oh, this is this is the what this here's here's the video. So I think I'm pretty sure because it's it? not YouTube, we can play this on the queue on the podcast. It's gonna take over the audio. That's okay. It takes over completely. Oh, I don't know if there was audio. Oh, well, that's a problem. It takes it's over very completely. Short. No, it sounds like you can hear me talking, right? <laughs> Just Tim, can you hear me talking right now? Yeah, you're talking over subtly. That's fine. Yeah, it's a quiet video, a loud video. He's going for a left side pass. <laughs> he's riding on the curb now, turning in. Oh, it looks like he has broken a steering arm, and oh. he has decided to end his race. And then, oh unbelievable! God. All right, kill that. So the reason I brought that up is because you, you know you Wait, like kid. you learn that there's idiots, and I was like, that person votes. The person, I know. yeah, exactly. Yeah, that reminds me of the Lamborghini log video, but actually, I think less dangerous. So in the Lamborghini log video, I am driving down a very windy canyon road, spunky canyon road, if you must know, up in Santa Clarita. Okay. And all of a sudden, I can see it's a one take, and it's a 900 horsepower Lamborghini, a VF engineering uh, Huracan, all right. supercharged. All, right. all of a sudden, there is this trail on the pavement. It, imagine, like, you know, uh, you know those, like, uh, uh, like a cedar thing, you know? Imagine you push it down and just... Like, dirt there's a trail of dirt that's weaving back and forth down the road and sometimes it's in the lane and it goes back and forth yeah tim can you pull that up can we play it on mute it's like if someone shot pinocchio and he was limping uh, and he the, followed, I think following the him portion tim is like two minutes 20 seconds or something like that so i'm driving down the road and and i'm going pretty quick it's a nine horsepower lamborghini after, after all <laughs> and uh uh i come upon a guy in i think it's an explorer dragging a log the size of yeah that that's uh, fast forward about 20 seconds tim it's uh or just let it just let it go are you hearing it now i'm sorry to have technical discussions no i turned the audio okay cool great so here we go spunky canyon road very fast lamborghini beautiful drive-by shot whoever took that and left their <laughs> shadow that was me by the way so here now what we're gonna do is, Were you actually this, in the look, car? Look with at, them? Yeah, look, look, look at the line. <laughs> see the line of dirt. Now it's on the right. Now it cuts across. See that line? Yes. And I had to do a, I had to do a fucking jump cut there because I had fucked up audio in this. This was during my audio experiment with gear phase, and fail at it. So I'm I'm mobbing. I mean, what I would consider to be a, a fairly mm. decent clip. Yeah, you're in it pretty fast good. Fast Lamborghini. So the relevant corner is coming up on the right here. Watch this blind right hander. Uh, in a second, I would say if I had, I don't want to even guess what speed this is. Uh, but I don't think I know this right road. About here. Oh, <laughs> he's <just> mowing down <laughs> signs with it. He takes out a sign. <laughs> so this fucking video, because of this An yokel dragging idiot. a log on a chain, that log is like, it's That's like the big. size of like a V12 engine. <laughs> Giant, solid, probably three foot in diameter, fucking huge log. 
destroying Taking public out property. signs and shit. And that video was the number one viewed video on Reddit for 24 hours. And it did. What are the numbers? What's the number, Tim? 2.3. 2.3 million. I, I'm telling you, it did 2.1 million in 24 hours. Jeez. Oh, and yeah, crazy, right? <laughs> That's Log I almost threw that video away. Stupidity sells, man. Yeah. I almost <laughs> threw that video away, too. I came back and I saw Nick from VF Engineering. I said, I think we got to do it again. There was this guy dragging a log in the middle of the fucking video. I think we got to redo it. I was going to throw the whole thing away. It's like chumming for woodchucks or something. Yeah. Oh, fucking moron. Uh, so tell me about Haggerty. We oh, have yeah, Webster yeah. in here. So, uh, yeah. So my old coworker, uh, Larry Webster, we used to work at Hard Driver together. He went there a year ago. And basically what's happening is Haggerty's had a magazine for 12 or 15 years that goes out to its members. Haggerty, for people who don't know, is a classic car insurance agency. And so a lot of people with classic cars have insurance. But in fact, it's about 800 and something thousand people. That's how many members they have. They call them members. And uh, about half a million get the magazine, which makes it like the fifth largest car magazine <laughs> in the world that you've never heard of. Really? So unless you have Haggerty insurance. So, yeah, it's an enormous. I, I have to say I don't have Haggerty insurance. I tried to get it once but I had points on my license and they wouldn't oh. give it to me. Try I, think, again. I think the points have lapsed, yeah. actually. I think it's been time. I should try again. Yeah, I but mean, I, I want to get the magazine. Well, when I became an employee, I just said, well, I better get, I should get a Haggerty insurance for my two cars since I'm now, you know, working for the company. It was actually cheaper than my existing insurance. I've been with them for 20 years. And so. you saved money? I saved money right. with Haggerty. Wait, you and only have two cars now? You don't get a discount. Yeah, two, well, two old cars. Where are they? Well, I have the Lamborghini Spada, 1970, and I have the 48 Buick. Well, it's a 48 yeah. Buick? Yeah. When did you get a 48 Buick? Uh, well, it's technically it's 49, but it's really 48. It's long, you, that's a long story. But do you drive it or is it a project? Oh, yeah, no, no, I drive it. Really? It's, uh, it's almost an original car. It's about 34,000 miles, and wow. it's original paint, and it's had a little interior work, but not much. But it's basically, it's a two-door special sedanette. And those cars were known. <laughs> a, a, a special what? Sedanette. Sedanette. Yeah, it's what they call the two-door sedan. Oh. So it's a two-door. So that's like a grand, it's like the grand coupe. Of <laughs> it's basically, yeah, right. Right. Can we get the a. Cordoba po- of point it out on our, 1940s on our Buicks. It? What's the closest? Uh, to put in 48 special Sedanette, and it'll, it'll probably, actually my car will probably come You're pro- that, happen, this, that happens a lot when we play the Google game. So. I would like to come, before I, uh, before I retire from this game, I would like to come drive both of your cars if you want. Anytime. Well, uh, at the moment the spot is down, it, it cracked an oil pipe. Oh, um, no. Shocking. 40, is that 40 or 60 No, that's actually a Cadillac. Um, Where, where's your Sedanette, son? Well, scroll. Oh, my God. All, right. All, right there? Well, that's the same car. Okay, good that's enough. Yeah, oh, that's ever. beautiful. You kidding me? I'm not kidding you. Oh, that's yeah. fucking great. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the special The special was the cheap Buick. I think you it might was, be able to scroll to the right on that photograph, Tim. It was, it was known. One day we're going to figure out what that alarm is. It was no what? Oh, you don't know what that is? Nope. No idea. <laughs> um, it was kind of known for being bought by widows and preachers because it was the cheapest Buick you could get, and clearly you're not a family. In a family that is way, the cheapest Buick you in nineteen forty eight. I got you a lot of Buick for exactly. Cheapest. That's a dope Buick. That's why the widows and the preachers bought it, and it was you know it's for people who aren't in a family way. So you know, I mean, it's uh, the so anyway. Now they're it's know, the lonesome. It's the Buick lonesome. Yeah, that's is, exactly. Is that uh, <laughs> the, Buick that, the Buick kidless? Even though the 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 sales bump at the time was like. Padded rear seat the, for his child safety, you know. Like, the Buick abstinence <laughs> because it, because it wasn't actually solid sheet metal in the back. It was yeah. safer for children. But that's so that's such a pretty car. 
Is that a what uh, type of transmission is that? That's is it three on the tree? Really? Yeah. Can I tell you, I've never driven a three on the tree before. Really? Never. It's fun. I'd very love to easy. Do. I know it's the so same. Smooth. as Well, it's a floor as, shift. Just turn sideways. Just turn sideways. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I've just never done it before, and I would love to try. Wow, I can't mind. believe you've never driven a three on shift. Just circumstance. How's your action on it? My friend's Valiant. It was like it was like butter on a chopstick. Oh, so light and loose. Butter on a chopstick. I like that. Um, yeah, I mean, you you see, what I had a thirty eight Buick, which was a floor shift, and and the shifter's about this long, and yeah. when you move it, it goes, you know, it goes, and, and you know, it's not not terribly um, suave, and but you know, you can see like what a huge innovation it was to move the column shifter to, to move to a column shifter because I mean literally the, the first owner of my car was a Mrs. Odessa Hensley and I just think it's it was a perfect a great name. name it's a yeah. perfect name and you um, name that vehicle Odessa mm-hmm. if you can handle the feminineness of naming your car <laughs> well I don't name my cars but okay and and she bought it brand new December 4th 1948 in Ed Woods and Van Diver Motor Sales in Franklin Indiana and you can and I know this because it's all in the warranty card but you know you can just imagine her going up Main Street in Franklin Indiana you know with gloved hand three fingers on the shifter and it's you know it's so light and relatively you know for a car that has no power steering no yeah. power brakes no nothing there's a giant steering wheel yeah it's a giant wagon wheel steering the wheel the firmest thing I've gripped in years <laughs> <laughs> so uh widows and preachers what man. uh engine is in that that's a 248 straight eight. Oh, it's probably nice then yeah right? is it nice and smooth oh yeah straight eights are it, it idles at 450 rpm <laughs> yeah i actually i did some cylinder head work on it it's like the only major work i've really done on it and um so when you're setting the initial valve clearances you know you, you set it static with the engine off but then it's right in the manual you got to start the engine and and have and the engine idles at 450 rpm and so, so it's easy to so do. the tappets <laughs> are just going like this you wow. know and and so you you know you stick the feeler gauge in make sure it's a, and as you go down the 16 valves um it gets quieter and quieter and quieter. And I was I was talking about this with of all people Jay Leno once. And he goes he goes yeah isn't that amazing? It just gets so quiet as you're doing. I'm like you've done this for years. Like, oh yeah. yeah, of course so. he has. Are straight eights quieter than straight sixes? Like is the balance similar? Where you know it's two. No, if anything, a six is more naturally harmonically balanced. Okay. But uh, but a straight eight, especially I mean this is a car with basically a three thousand RPM redline. I mean it's it's so this car. Well, thirty five hundred. So this car, the the three on the tree is basically a three to one transmission. First gear is three to one. Second gear is two to one. Oh. First gear is one to one. There's no overdrive. So um, you know more or less. And then it's got a four ten rear end. So oh, so it's yeah. So this thing's turning at fifty five miles an hour. This thing's turning thirty five hundred RPM. So it's maxed out. Yeah, I Whoa. mean it was made for a different era. I yeah, mean yeah. The, in during World War Two, the national speed limit was thirty five miles an hour. Exactly nobody thought that was a big imposition. Yeah, because it's like <laughs> that's all as fast as everybody yeah, drove yeah. anyway. That's the comfortable speed that that car. Yeah, yeah. I mean yeah, if yeah. you went on the highways of the war and and really a forty eight Buick is really a forty two Buick because yeah because the, they kind of they took a little time off didn't they? To well, build some, in forty two uh, Buick came out with all new styling that was based on the buick y job which was the 38 it was the industry's first concept car and um you know there's a beautiful harley earl design and the 42 buicks were the production version of the y job well they launched this great new styling and then the war came so you know they stuck everybody everything into you know into barns and and built tanks and aircraft engines and then 
when the war was over, they just reloaded the stamping dies and made, made brand more, new yeah. 1946, 42 Buicks. It's a good yeah. thing there was no comment section back then because people would have bitched there was no, <laughs> no new cars for like five years. Well, they were so desperate to get a car, they didn't care. As a matter of fact, the Special, is that, that's actually one of the rarest post-war Buicks because what happened after the war, the Special was the cheap Buick. There was the Special, the Super, the Roadmaster. And um, the Special was the cheapest Buick. Well, after the war, people buy anything. I mean, they would buy literally anything. So Buick was constrained on the number of cars they could build because they had wartime, sh post-war uh -huh. shortages of raw materials. They were still grinding up B-17s and everything to turn back into cars. So um, so Buick figured, well, heck, if people buy anything and, and we can only make so many cars, we're going to make more, more, the more expensive, expensive cars. Yeah. Exactly. They make more money. And so they built... That's basically Ford and GM right now with their with pickup trucks, right? Exactly. Pretty much. Pretty yeah. much. And a $50,000. We're going to sell you, yeah. $60,000 pickup truck. Um, so I anyway, just, that's actually a rare car. And, and so Odessa must have known what she was after when she went into Woods and Vendiver Motor Sales. To well, and was the body style the same no matter the trim? Or is that the, that body style was the cheapest one? Well, so, um, so back then, you know, I mean, we complain about how similar GM cars are division to division, you know, nowadays. But it's nothing. Back then, that, that body basically, except for the, the outer fenders, was yeah. shared with every single division except Cadillac. Pontiac had a Tudor Sinnet, yeah. exact same body. Chevy had a Tudor Sinnet, exact mm -hmm. same body. You know, the hood stammings were slightly different, and then the outer fenders were slightly different. Everything else was pretty much the same. You know, interior trim, of course, was different. I love how that car looks, man. I got I got What color is yours? Mine's black. And, uh, you know, that's actually a short. There were two wheelbases, too. So Buick actually built two SWB? wheelbases. SWB? Yeah. They, they, so is that a SWB yeah. or LWB? So that's a, uh, that's an SW. That's a short wheelbase. The long wheelbase, uh, Cadillac had the long wheelbase. Oh, okay, Oldsmobile yeah. and Pontiac and Buick, but Chevy didn't. So it's no, a weird. This, I think mix that, and match. that the proportions of that are just about right. Yeah. Short, short overhang, which is yeah. rare for that time. And, well, and is that, are you going to Pebble Beach that? I've driven it. Well, it's not really. You got a trailer I've in to Pebble Beach. No, I've driven it to Pebble Beach twice. Have you? Oh yeah, yeah. And and you know you drive it's like up fucking fourteen hours. <laughs> it, <laughs> it takes a while. Well, well, you, you, it's like now, now you know why. Like Grandpa was exhausted it's, driving yeah, I, on I biased ply tires. Hundred percent. You know? you mean. <laughs> then, I've sat in traffic in my Mustang for like three hours. I know exactly what you're talking. There's not about. even traffic. It's just like you're kind of fighting this thing. And mm -hmm. you know mine drives pretty well, but still you're biased ply tires and you're on these rural roads and you know you're kind of working the thing. And of course, there's no air conditioning, so you have all the wing wings open in the wind and, and everything. And yeah, I mean, it's about uh, yeah, 10 hours to get the up there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I say you were just flat out. Laid yeah. out. I mean, really. Is there know, any, is there, I mean, other than swapping an engine, I mean, can you do like a final drive or something or a four speed in these to make them a little more well, the, readable? It's or? a lot of surgery because yeah. uh, these have what's called a torque tube. And uh, so the, the connection, and most people don't, they may have heard the term, but they don't really know what it is. The, the, the connection between the, the, the axle and the transmission is a rigid tube. Right? You know, in most cars, there's, a, there's like a U-joint, and then there's a spinning shaft, uh, and then there's another U-joint down by the, by the differential. And so the shaft just kind of floats between the two. Well, not in a Buick, and not in most cars of this age had torque tubes. And, and the reason was because it was a way to locate the axle because – if you didn't have, uh, well, for example, the the Buick has coil springs, which was quite an innovation back then. Um, else had, like, but even if they had leaf springs, springs it yeah. was a way to fix rigidly fix the axle to the transmission. So okay. it's really for like keeping the axle in place. And so what it is is just, like if you imagine on the back of the transmission, you have like 
But imagine a B-17 turret and you've got like a gun sticking out and then this ball that spins in a ring. Yeah. That's that's what's on the back of the Buick's transmission. The U-joint is actually inside the transmission. Then there's this turret, this like ball turret with a yoke sticking out of it. And then the 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 tube bolts literally bolts to that ball and then the whole thing just floats and then the the the, the, the shaft itself goes into the yoke so that's what turns so you it. can't upgrade one component of this you well that's to, the point it's like the, it's a lot it'd be a lot yeah, of machine yeah, yeah. work and by the way that that giant ball it turns there's a seal that keeps all the the transmission oil in there's a big rubber seal that you know and this ball turns in that seal and that seal is like a three dollar part but when it fails and it does fail eventually you have to remove the whole rear axle you have to displace the whole unbolt the torque tube and remove the whole rear axle backwards just to replace this freaking three dollar seal mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah, the joys of the torque joys of reason they don't make them like that anymore yeah yeah <laughs> no it's but it's so i mean look in the land of collector cars that style of car right now if you wanted one is pretty cheap uh, yours yeah. is yours is special okay well, but you know, unless you have some super, super rare something or other. If you wanted a pretty cool car from the 40s, yeah, they cost nothing. 40s cars are not zooming in value. 50s no. cars are not zooming in value. Uh, six, I really like... 50, 60s American the, cars are not zooming in value. from the 50s that is... Is it... I want to I say Wildcat, but it's not. That would have been the it's, 60s. It's, huh? That would have been the 60s. Well, the Riviera right. is the famous. I mean, you the want 53 Riviera. There's a, there's a movie called Bowfinger. Yes. Do you remember the movie? Steve I was Martin just movie actually I'd never seen it before, and I was I was watching it on Netflix a little while ago. Uh-huh. Do you remember the I Buick they the steal through. in that car? No. There's a red Buick that is driven by the producer, which I think is Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> Pre Pre Coke. Tim, or do you know this one? Bowfinger Buick. There, it's probably there. They steal this guy's car. Yeah, that, that's it. Yeah, that's What's a, that? That's a 53 Riv, I think. That Buick. Yes, I remember that scene. That's a, not a great picture. Any chance we could find a better a better image than that? Just but 53 Buick. Yeah, I just, that Buick is beautiful. And uh, they imply in the movie it's super rare, but I don't really recall if it actually is. that actually a super rare Buick? Yeah, My Buickness goes from 38 to 49. After after that, yeah. they got kind of lumpy. And I, uh, <laughs> GM styling for most of the 50s. I, I, I become a Mopar man in the late 50s. I, okay. 57, 58 forward-look cars. I had a 58 DeSoto. They're the most beautiful If I was going to go 50s, 50s I think the Continentals are really where it's at for me. Oh, well, that's 60s. Is you that mean 60s? The, the square, no, no, not the JFK. Sui- no, 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 Not the Suicide Door Contis. The ones that were not. Oh, you want a Mark II? A Continental Mark II. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm about that. Those, those are really cheap. Tim, give me a picture of a Continental Mark II. Those are uh, those are really cheap. Are they really? Oh, are yeah, they? Nobody wants them. I don't know why. What? Even though they're beautiful. Don't tell me yeah, shit. Yeah, I mean, like you can that. buy like a really nice one for about 35 grand. Fuck off. Oh, I'm, no. Not after this podcast, let me tell you. Look at that. Yeah, I have to say I'm not a huge Ford styling fan, but Lincoln had a couple of cars. Um, the Zephyr, yeah, 57, uh-huh. 58, basically the car that became the Batmobile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a beautiful car. Give me a front. Give me a good front angle. Look at that. I mean, that is a pretty fucking car. Yeah. I, I like this. I like the w- William, shape. William like Clay the Ford's one contribution to the Ford. Uh, it's like it's like the Thunderbird. That was obviously. his pet project. It's bigger yeah. than the Thunderbird, and it's basically this was like one of those spared no expense. I'm sure Aaron knows a lot more about this than me, but like at the time, the quality of this car and the quality of like a Bentley were not hugely different. Yeah, I mean this was this was Lincoln's big, big run at Cadillac, which mm-hmm. kind of owned the luxury. 
world. I've never. Have you ever driven one of these things? I never. I've been in one, but I've never driven. Was one. it amazing, or was it just kind of same mm, as other? That is not correct. Yeah, that is not. That's the a little later. Interior. That's a '69 Conti. No, no, that's, six, that's even that's, later. That, holy, look at the paneling. Wait. <laughs> yeah, there you go. No. Macassar wow, wood trim. Wow, the paneling's amazing. What the fuck is up with these interiors that it's are like not from the 50s? Italian house in the 70s. <laughs> we need a 50s interior. That is it. That's the correct interior. No, I don't no? think so. I think it is. It's a 56 Mark II. Is it? Yeah, I think Ta- it is. Those toggles are awesome. Yeah, the toggles. That car had round gauges? I thought so. Okay. You want to go, go, go look, go dig more. You want to find another, that? That, find in, that a, does not look right, but I. All right, you know, could Mark II allegedly. Allegedly. Okay. Allegedly. All right. All right. Well, allegedly. I'm, if it's on the now, internet, it must it. be right. I, I'm glad they're the only thing keeping me from buying one at this point. Oh, that could be it. Is that it? That. That looks. It's a cool steering wheel. Lincoln Premier. No. That, or Lincoln Premier. That's what I was thinking. Nothing um, for. They're big. They're big as fuck, and I got nowhere to keep them. But goddamn it! Yeah, big. I know that's the problem too. I'm kind of shopping. I kind of want my Desoto back, something like it. But yeah, I need space for a 19 foot long car, <laughs> which I'm a little short on at the moment. <laughs> old cars are gigantic. Like <laughs> well, especially old cars in the late 50s. I mean, they're just they're re- they're seriously the gigantic. Interior space to overall length ratio <laughs> is just exactly. And the only thing that's worse is like what is it, the 70 like a 78 Continental, 76. <laughs> what year? What year is the un- the huge like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the like, Uncle Buck car. But well, <laughs> yeah. 76, 77 was like when everybody did the big slim down. So yeah, it was yeah. like all the 73, 74s. You know, like like the the uh that one. Yeah. <laughs> That's pulled but, out. And those cars are like almost 6,000 pounds too. They were <laughs> There's a, there's not some only guy big, who's got one of these things. They were really heavy. You see the Boost bags. Brothers, they they put on Instagram today, they just they bought, bought a new thing. They bought like an 88 whatever, Town and they were like, car. what should we do with this? And I was like, you should have a music festival in the hood because yeah. the hood is humongous. They bought like an 88 town car, an 86 town car. It's so but, big. But those I mean, things from the 70s, I mean, like people think my Buick's heavy, a 48 Buick, 49 Buick, whatever. It's it's not. It's 3,600 pounds. That was the shipping weight. Mm-hmm. It's 3,600. It's basically a steel balloon. Yeah. I mean, there's just nothing in it. Yeah. But in, by in the God, time they got to that era, they were really <clears throat> well, I just, heavy. I just drove, uh, you know, Corbin Goodwin. He's a friend of ours who's, uh, he built that crazy RX-7 thing that I made the video oh, of. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, You know, he built a Rolls Royce. Uh, he built a 78 Rolls Royce with a, a big turbo on the six and three quarter. Okay. Intercooled. There it is. Six and three there quarter. There it is. Pull that up from Instagram. And, uh, this is a, this is a, road, a roadkill car. Yeah, it really is. And it's a manual gearbox. <laughs> um, and uh, it has exterior plumbing, which I love. But uh, Why it, not? Weighs, I th- it weighs 4150, I think. Uh, and it makes, he must have stripped it out because those things were like the front. He took the front back. seats out and has like bucket seats. So he drives in. it from the back seat. No, no, I have the front seats <laughs> in my house. Like and he put racing seats in it. It has a manual gearbox and good suspension tuning. Look and uh, it uh, and four hundred horsepower at the wheels. It's actually quite fast. Cool, man. <laughs> it's pretty fucking cool. He's he's riding for Moto IQ now too oh, for really? a short plug. Yeah. Oh neat. So go look uh, look good at that. Corbin. So anyway, anybody who's getting Haggerty Magazine, we are completely rebooting it. It's going to look like Architectural Digest. I really? saw mock-ups of the next issue, and it lands on your desk with a solid thud. It's, it's going to look r- like really heavy Digest? stock paper. It's big square cut. Yeah, it's a total. People oh, won't cool. recognize it. Cool. A total I'm revamp of the magazine. Are you are you doing editorial pieces in it as well? Oh yeah, it, yeah. yeah. Well, so nine, Ninety pages of editorial. Really? Wow. Yeah. What kind of well, stuff are you writing about? Uh, what can I talk about? We have. 
a super big story that I can't talk about. Wait, um, when is this? When is the issue coming? Do you, uh, do you know? It's going to be everybody's going to have it in their hands by late November. Late in, oh, so okay. Yeah, so no. it's a little ways off. So yeah, but we yeah. can't hold this podcast for no. four months. But I'll so. come back and talk. Okay, about cool. It. We have a huge story I can't talk about. Huge story. You'll you'll, you'll like it. It's you'll be pretty stoked. Uh, Aaron, well, Aaron's me, best pickup line. Specifics. Uh, Can you get the magazine if you don't have insurance? Not yet. Okay, not yet. But there's talk. So could yeah. be it's like an expensive magazine. Well, almost as expensive as Porsche's the Triple Zero magazine. Right? Well, it's got, <laughs> it's sold as an upgrade, so it's like thirty bucks a year. You get that in roadside in addition to your insurance. Hmm. So a lot of people get it. You I can mean, read the magazine more while than five for your fucking tow truck. Right, exactly. <laughs> more than five hundred thousand, eight hundred thousand customers get the magazine. So it's you know a big percentage of the people opt to spend the extra thirty bucks. But um, but so you know if they put it on the newsstand, it might limit the inclination to that. I mean, the whole point of the magazine, the website and stuff is to get people excited about it. Harry, obviously to come and join. And, you know, so they, um, but is it mainly like classic cars? Are you doing new car reviews? Are you doing all, all, all that? And more? We're doing some new cars in the back. We've got like a four page section. I'm writing a little industry column because, you know, I'd be car shows and, and people would be like that a Lamborghini. Yeah. So who owns Lamborghini? Doesn't Chrysler own Lamborghini? It's like, yeah, not in 30 years. So they'd be like, so it's like people really kind of don't know what's going on in the industry because that's not their business. They don't yeah. know what's happening. You know, who owns Aston Martin now? Um, so so we, so we, I pitched a kind of an industry column in the back, which I'll be writing, and just about kind of like what's going on. And obviously oriented towards people who are interested in classic and special interest cars and specialty makes and stuff. But it'll be kind of to keep people in touch with what's happening with the industry now. I mean, for example, Jaguar just announced, was it yesterday, the day before, that henceforth they will produce electric vehicles? Yeah. Yeah. So that was yeah. a big, you know, Ian Callum made this, you know, oh, rather yeah, bold statement. Says, oh, I may have designed the last internal combustion engine car for Jaguar. So we'll see. Yeah, but, you know. Did you see the electric E-type they had? I did. I did. And uh, you know what? Like, I think it's a neat idea, I guess. You know, <laughs> but I drove an electric Beetle, you know, um, EV West down in uh, oh, San yeah, Diego. Yeah. Great, good guys. I drove their electric Beetle, which was super cool because it was fast, actually. Yeah. You know, it had, like, really good air conditioning. It was You're not going to complain about the, the clatter of the flat no, floor air No, but, yeah, there's the pic- no, 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 engine the, being the classic gone. classic Jag, Tim. That one, yeah, yeah, yeah that that's it's called an an E Type Zero, and they have taken an it actual E Type and put a probably weighs less it. than a you know that you know the the powertrain in an E Type Jag weighs eight hundred and five pounds. Fuck off! Wow. Engine, in a six, engine and transmission, iron six cylinder, and an iron transmission case. <laughs> I pulled the engine out of my pounds. my Pontiac once, and the limit of the cherry picker was like seven hundred. And if I pushed the engine like two inches, it started <laughs> to lift the back wheel. Ooh, yeah. yeah, yeah. My Buick Strader almost took me over once with a cherry picker. The, I, I weighed the Lambo engine once. That was five hundred and seventy pounds. <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, I, I I think look, if it's kind of neat, I think you know, but isn't. A lot of big portion of that, uh, of, of the Jag anyway. Well, know. electrifying Sound. classic cars seems supremely ridiculous. I mean, it, you know, because why bother? They don't get driven that much. Yeah. It depends not, on the car. You're not doing the world a huge favor. I no. mean, I guess if you want to drive one every day. Maybe. Like, like the wanted... Beetle. I think the Beetle is super slow and it sounds like meh and whatever. So if, like, if you can electrify it and give it some and torque it and probably too. some quiet. Yeah, it stinks too. <laughs> like if you can enjoy it more often, that's fine. Yeah, but like if, but if it's like essential to the engine. San Diego, he had like a five mile commute in San Diego. Like, yeah. That's a great vehicle for that. Totally. Yeah. You know, but like who, what's the market for an electric E-type? Honestly. Um, 
Less than London. for a gas party type. <laughs> Less than for one of those lightweights, <laughs> yeah, right? Maybe. Exactly. Uh, I mean, I saw a guy with an electric MGB once. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. You mm -hmm. know, because that car's not yeah. worth anything. It was a rubber bumper MG, MGB. And the, and the conversion was beautiful. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the quality of the conversion was excellent. And Some of these guys do a really good job. Yeah. The, the electric DeLorean that we drove at, uh, in Texas. Yeah, oh, yeah. EMC built an electric yeah. DeLorean, which I heard is at Google's headquarters now. I think oh, really? Google bought it at the display. Okay. That makes but, sense. Uh, it drove really nice, actually. Yeah. It was the DeLorean uh, experience uh, was uniquely complimentary to an electric powertrain. I mean, for some of these cars, it's going to be an improvement, you know, over huge. What was the Beetle there. was a mo massive improvement, and the DeLorean wasn't exactly a ball of fire. No, isn't Icon no. putting uh, Tesla packs into derelicts now? Apparently, they have at least one Tesla-powered derelict wow. that they're doing. Yeah, John that's a, Ward. That's I a got this, this fucking guy, man. I love John Ward. Those guys are. That's really Santa's workshop up there. They're I mean, keeping busy. Like, they're not afraid of anything. You see the watch? No, they're not. No, he's see the watch it? now. Google uh, watch Icon cool. Doozy watch. I, uh, you know, Singer came out with their watch. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, not to be left behind. Uh, wait, I think I was at the singer party at Pebble Beach. Uh, go to Icon's Instagram, Icon Icon Four X Four. So you know, Singer came out with the watch, right? And you, did you see it? No, it's badass. I did see it. Oh yeah, I was at it's the singer got party. the dials in, yeah, dials yeah, yeah. in, dials. Yeah, so that's the Icon watch. So this is a really it's neat really watch. cool. John Ward is obsessed with these things, and God, they've got a fucking name. So I can't remember the the name of this watch. So. The hour, a jump hour. It's called a jump hour. So the hours don't move smoothly. It jumps every hour. So it just goes dick, to the next dick, number? Yeah, and that's like the thing. Okay. I think this watch is $11,500. So I'm, I'm, I'm taking it that it's 5.30 at the time. That it is 5.30 okay. or 5.29 in that picture. Yeah. It's a really cool idea, especially with you know vintage gauges from 30s, 40s, 50s, like the old almost like radio dials they used to have you know or like vacuum tubes and stuff yeah. and just having that on a watch is pretty pull right up this, pull up a singer hey, watch hey pg-100 well is he making his own movement because that is all that kinds is a, of crazy expensive. that is a custom movement okay yes. yeah. he he isn't personally he isn't making, making it. it there's it, the but... back yeah pull up the back he, it, it's a, it is a unique movement um that it's very pretty display back um and uh yeah look at that that is fun. with the with the gecko in there I'm always a, I'm always amazed that he can find customers for the stuff because it's Holy like you, you can buy a Land Cruiser for eight grand, or you yeah. can pay him two hundred thousand dollars. You know all, all them Land Cruisers in his lot. He's got like forty Land Cruisers out there. They're all bought. They're they're that's they're all pre orders. That's He's killing it. Crazy. Uh, Timmy, pull up the Singer watch uh, real quick. I mean, I was like at the Singer like. party at at uh, Pebble Beach, and I'm going, okay, I could have one of these, these or a brand new Ferrari A12. I mean, that's what they cost. Yeah. You know. Everyone says that's, yep, that's it. So the Singer watch is a really, really neat piece. So it's too many, there's too a many lot things going on with this. There's now, a lot this going watch on. Is, a, is a custom movement as well. This watch is, I think, 40,000 or 45,000. And those dials move concentrically uh, around, which is. Wow. So, All wait, right. what. So right now it looks like it is. Wait. <laughs> All four of us are going to stare at it until we figure out what time it's telling us. I don't us. even know what time it is. It looks like it's 10. Uh, it's So the outer ring is, is it, the hours. Is it 10.44? 10, 10, <laughs> no, it's 10. Uh, if you want to know what time it is, by Casio. I don't know. I think it's 10.40. <laughs> no, it's 10. I think it's 10.10. 10. It I think the red, the orange line at the bottom it's 10 10 
See, the, the outer ring is hours, and the second ring in is oh, minutes. Gotcha. And then the inside, the entire inside assembly is a dual zone chronograph, I believe. So it can, do two, it can time two things at once. Oh. Fucking badass looking, right? I mean, $40,000 or better. I mean, but. It's, a little, it's a little busy for me, but it's impressive engineering. It's just a, it's a neat little piece of hardware. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And look, it's, let's put yourself, put yourself in the shoes, bro, of the guy who's about to drop true. 600 on a car. Wouldn't you get a watch with the matching leather band? Well, it's like the 918. It was like, oh, do you like the additional the Porsche additional Turbo S? 911 you want, Turbo You want to just check that box? <laughs> that was just an option code, yeah. I it like was, yeah. Car. yeah. While I'm waiting for my new And remote. you know what the take rate was, Aaron Robinson, oh, for wow. the extra car? What was it? You know this? Yeah. What was it? 100%. 100, really? 100%. Was it really? Yes. It was 100% take rate. <laughs> Someone Man. at Porsche went, hey, watch this shit. <laughs> yeah. I got to shout out Porsche. We, we right need now. a revolution so bad. I do have to shout them out because they hooked up. Uh, it took all summer of bugging them, but they hooked up a Targa 4 GTS with a manual gearbox for adventure. Drives. Oh, cool. Nice. Oh, that's going to be a good car. That is a good vacation car. And I think Thaddeus is meeting us in Germany and joining us for a Sweet. couple of legs of the trip. Oh, I, nice. Yeah. I, I am a fan of that Targa. Oh, Targa I'm not a fan of the old GTS. Targa. Yes. But I'm a fan of the new no, Targa. No, the new Targa is yeah, the shit. The old Targa. I think is silly. The but glass roof one? Yeah, because the wind flow is weird. And it, no, no, no. All the older. The Going right back to the original. All the way back to the, the 70s yeah. and the 80s. You're like, no Targa. But well, I mean, I have you ever driven yes, a Targa? Targa? I mean, the, yeah, it, they're Alex really Roy's 87 loud. And, you know, I think they look terrible. Of, yeah, they look terrible. And oh, I mean, I the look. wouldn't you rather have a coupe? I, mean, the I would rather have a coupe, yeah. right? Yes, I would rather have a coupe. And instead, they have this like open drawbridge thing. Right, that just looks. It's a big empty terrible. gap middle that doesn't look good. Yeah, I like I like the Targa roof in the Vets very much. So here's the new Targa. Thank you, Timmy. Come on, it's, new Targa. It's cheaper than a Cabrio, and it's better looking and more way flexible. better looking. Yeah, aren't there? They're all four wheel drive though. That's the thing. You cannot get a two wheel drive Targa. Uh, so no I drift target. Was they're true. all fours. I so. no. But that'll There's change. A four and a four S. Four, yeah, and now a four GTS, which is what I'm getting. So that, that which will. is bigger turbos. The GTS has bigger turbos. Which when you are in the Swiss Alps, would be very nice. You need <laughs> that'd be very nice. Thad's birthday is uh, while we're there, the 17th. Yep. He doesn't know yet, and this podcast will air while we're over there. Uh, but I had he when he moved to Dubai, he left his Omega Seamaster watch at my house, and it was beat to fuck. Super beat. He hadn't worn it in a while, and I had it serviced and like fully restored, and it looks uh, brand new. And I'm bringing it over. Oh, to sick! It, it looks uh, fresh. Nice. Fuck now, yeah, it'd be nice. That's awesome. My birthday is on the 17th as well, man. Do you have an old Omega I watch you've left? <laughs> you want to hide some shit in my good. closet? For go, go leave a Pinto at his <laughs> house. <laughs> <laughs> leave a Mustang at his house. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I heard you took a flying lesson. Oh yeah, I flew an airplane. Yeah, Hannah got me. Uh, she it was a ruse. Hannah loves a good ruse. Okay. Um, she led me down this path that we were having brunch with her friends. Which we're gonna have a threesome been, with a girl. Just kidding. Fun, <laughs> right? We were gonna have that was brunch. the last one. We were gonna have brunch and uh, brunch. Uh, you know, quickly, quickly. She we know what brunch is. The, the, yeah, the animo- No, <laughs> brunch is usually uh, bagel and lox. Yeah, that's exactly where it's going. It's a combination um, of brunch. Anyway, surprise flying lesson. So. Uh, 
Uh, it was uh, Jesus. What was the plane? You know, probably know the plane better than me. Go back to my low, Instagram low wing or high wing? Low wing. Okay. Uh, Cherokee probably. Cher- probably. I think that sounds it's a piper. Right. Piper. Piper product. with no fucking air conditioning. Yeah. <laughs> it was the it was the really hot day too. There it is. It's that plane. <laughs> Which of the last forty really hot it was, days? Yeah, are you a couple about? days ago it was really hot. Um, I had a really nice uh, aircraft instructor named Hunter. Nice. Uh, who was young. He was like 23. Yeah. I was Future like, how long, you been, how long you been flying for? He said, since he was 13. I was like, all right, you're the boss, sir. Yeah. And uh, you go through all the checks, you know, 20 minutes or so of checks. Yeah. Test the fuel, all that yeah. shit. And we were then we're flying. I immediately, I did everything. I taxied to the runway. I took off. And I landed. I had a little assistance with the landing. Uh, yeah. We did it. We flew a loop. Like, we took off Santa Monica Airport, headed, you know, over the ocean. Right. Flew up the coast uh, to, like, Eh, almost to Oxnard. Okay. And then uh, turned around and kind of made a 1-8, did some like S's and like, nice. we didn't quite, I didn't do, I didn't want to do stalls. I didn't want to do a stall. He said <laughs> I could. He said, I was, he's like, you're doing good. You could do a stall. And I was like, I don't really, next time. Stalls are a little picky. I don't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. And then we came back and when we came in for the landing, went over the coast and then like turned left, like right before the Santa Monica Pier and looped around over Century City. I would have liked an extra mile or two to line up to the runway because I feel like I had to make a 90 degree right turn yes like pretty close to the runway yes and for a first time I feel like I did not have between the descent from 1500 feet and the angle I feel like I didn't have enough time to adjust yes which is not a slight against the instructor well, you really anyway, have to do about 50 landings before you're really kind of well it okay. depends on the person it was a little sloppy but I landed it was all right so, you know, dude I, it's fun you could fly a plane if you've ever I fly a plane do you no, know no, but like, I know you do yeah, yeah. You do. You have, you have a, a license. Plane. You bought a plane. Yeah, I bought really? two. I'm on my second one already. Really? Yeah. You go. What's your second fast. one? Is Harry, is Harry <laughs> hiring? Because <laughs> you're on your second plane. Uh, Cardinal. Well, I don't own them both. I did, uh, Cardinal, Southern Cardinal. Really? 77, which you know seems really old, but is actually quite new. But it's, it's really cool. It's totally. Yeah, this plane was like a 75 or something. It was old. Yeah. As shit. yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. they're not old. That's not old for my. 77 is one of the newer planes <laughs> in my field. We're all flying around in these old tin cans because the new ones are so expensive. Is that it right so. there? A Cessna. Cardinal? Uh, yeah, well, that's a computer image, but yeah. Oh, that's from flights. You can actually, <laughs> if you put my tail number in, it'll come. You'll see a picture come up. Oh, what's your tail number? Uh, just put in N two zero two one four. N two zero two one four for anyone who wants yeah. to stalk Aaron's plane. Uh, Get rid of the rest of it. Yeah. Um, it was uh all right. So here's there the is. thing. Oh, First there it picture. is. That's okay. my plane. Cool. So I always thought that small planes in the air would feel slow because you have no perspective speed. Is that true? Yeah. Like you look out the front and you're just kind of. Yeah, they feel slow. It okay. feels slow even when. Well, they are. They are. Right. In, in aviation slow. terms, they're kind of slow. Yeah. It I mean, you probably slow. went 110 knots. Which I did. Is 130 miles an hour. I, I did. That's yeah. about what the fastest I saw. Which, but it did not feel fast. No. It's but not it was. Fast. I mean, look, flying is fun. There's, it's the sensations of it are kind of similar to sailing, actually. Or oh, to, it's exactly to ocean like boating. Yeah. yeah. But um, sailboat for the sky, it always needs some. It's always broken. Yeah, <laughs> and I actually <laughs> got like I got Doesn't fairly comfortable with like basic flight yeah. and like even like you know kind of doing some corners and you, stuff. You get comfortable with being in Monterey in two hours. Yeah, it was it was nice. It was a, it was actually a really fun way to spend a couple of hours. The th- problem was the the next thing from that is pretty much like full commitment. It's like. You go yeah. start go through training and classrooms and you're going towards like, like there's nothing in between that one first flight and going to get a license. You know what I mean? 
Well, I mean, I tell you, you want to clear about six months out of your life of all the yeah. other extraneous stuff, you know, That's and, then, and what do said. it and get it done. And then you can let other stuff back into your life. But for the six months that you're trying to get the ticket, it's you kind of want so you can't be, you can't buy a seat in a plane every now and then and go, I want to go up for a little bit, you know, or you can take a ride. You, yeah, that guy, fly Hunter, like, he'll fly with you okay. as long as you want to sit there and go. Da, 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 da. Yeah. But it gets pretty boring. I mean, you kind of want to do it yourself. Yeah. And and then and in my case, I wanted to kick my instructor out of the seat. You know, I was like, I, I need your fat ass out of my plane. Now <laughs> <laughs> so. no, this guy was great, actually. I really, uh, I got a, I'll shout out Prote- Proteus in Santa Monica, P R O T E U S. But um, um, it was really fun. I, I, I you. It's if you're into cars, yeah, you should definitely try it once. Well, it's a total great way to spend two hundred bucks. For me, it was like a total. Good. It's like a total step back in time. It's a totally analog. Even though we have little computers and stuff, it's a totally analog thing. It's yeah. like, it's really unlike... This lever moves a yeah, cable, exactly. which moves the flap. Right, like, exactly. You know, it's really... And you've got this flat floor, <laughs> basically a giant beetle engine out there, air-cooled flap, and you know, you're know you adjusting the mixture on it like it's a Model really T. It is like a beetle engine. Oh, yeah, it's, no, it's, it's very it's, it's, similar. Mine's a 260 cubic inch beetle engine, something yeah. like that. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's just a giant flap. And, yeah, everything's just so old school, and and the test, all the learning and the test. I mean, even the FAA probably hasn't updated the test in thirty years. I mean, the, the the questions on GPS are so crude and rudimentary. Even though we all fly GPS now, um, well, the GPS that he was using in this plane felt crude and rudimentary. Although he insisted it was brand new. Yeah, well, which does probably. do does aviation GPS just look? weird and ghetto as opposed to like a you know well it kind of I mean, it's depends. not going to be a car gps but you know well there's a lot of people buy uh, garmin stuff which uh-huh. i think looks old-fashioned i i actually fly i'm a, what we call an ipad flyer oh yeah yeah so i use a program called Forefly, which runs on apple stuff and so i actually have i bought an iphone like a refurbished iphone on ebay i don't connect it to the, the cell network or anything it's just just my plain phone huh. and it's a 6s plus five and a half inch screen and it mounts right to my yoke and it gives me the moving map so i know where i am on the moving aviation map plus it gives me uh traffic from i have what's called we have this thing called adsb and i can yeah. get into a whole long explanation about how the old air traffic system is changing in america and going from radar to gps but i won't do that but anyway point <laughs> is i have me on the map and then i have all the planes around me which in this crowded airspace is important very nice yeah, to yeah. Have. Oh, i mean good. since i've been training we've had Two collisions out there off the Palos Verdes. Really? Yeah. Really? So. Harrison Ford and uh, no, 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 that wasn't a collision. He just landed <laughs> on the wrong. He landed Again. on a taxiway. No, we had and a, a golf course. Satavia run into a bonanza. Three people killed, and oh, no. uh, we had another one. There was another one. Too, I'm good so. on that shit. So it helps to know when there's people around you. Yeah, it's a crowded airspace. It was. It was like a cool. It was definitely a cool thing to do. I under anyone who does it and enjoys it, and like I could really see how I could. I could have. If I wanted to, I could become you with, in terms of this. You know, if you're into the new... spending money now. Then yeah, right, right. <laughs> but the nuance of the numbers and the radios and there's, button, there's shit to do and, da, 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 and it's fun. But yeah. you got to, you, like you said, you got to commit. You right? got to commit. I mean, the thing, also the test. The test is like, I, t- I tell people, it's like, you know what dressage is with horses? My sister does that. Not stuff. a sport. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Not a sport. Yeah. So you make the horse do like walk sideways yeah. and do backwards and do funny things that horses never do. And and the whole thing is to show your mastery over the horse, right? It's got nothing to do with the horse 
racing or jumping or what horses do in the wild. It's just totally artificial, made up crap that you make the horse do just to prove that you're a master of the horse. Well, that's I, that's what the FAA flying test is basically. You have an examiner sit there in the right seat while you're flying the test, and you do all of the stuff that you'll never do ever again. You do yeah. 360 degree steep turn. Yeah, you have to roll out plus or minus 10 degrees from your original heading, plus or minus 100 feet of your original altitude. You know, you're never going to do this in flying. But they do it so that, you know, you demonstrate your mastery of the plane. Basically, the six months you're going to spend getting a pilot's license, as far as the FAA is concerned, they're just trying to get you to learn enough so you don't kill yourself in the first 10 minutes. 20 minutes, you're on okay. your own. But to 10 minutes, they said, listen, we trained you enough. You're not going to kill yourself in the first 10 minutes. Go and learn how to be a pilot on your own. Wow. You know? And that's yeah. that's really, I mean, you're, you the minute you get your pilot's license, that's kind of like when you really start learning. Right. Because then you fly to airports you've never been to, and uh, what do I do here, and what's the procedure, and the whole idea of, like, <laughs> like I'm going to take my plane, and I'm going to fly to, you know, whatever, yeah. Sedona. It's like, that's unfathomable when you're when you're learning and then some, one day you're like, okay, I'm going to fly the plane to Sedona. And then you just kind of do what it. what I do, yeah. That was, I mean, it was, we, it was sort of similar. I, 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 when we went to Thailand, it was like, holy shit, I'm going to sail this boat in an ocean I've never fucking been in right. to a place I have no, I've never been there. You know, that, fortunately our charter company made it pretty easy for us. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but, but that's uh, kind of why I did it because as you get older, it gets harder to have these kind of experiences. I mean, you know, the first time you go down into the pattern and you're flying the plane and you're landing, and you know, my instructor's like, just remember that landing a plane is probably the hardest thing you'll ever do. Yeah. So like, you know, so it's like you're down in the pattern and you're staring at that runway and those numbers get big and you come in at a big steep angle, and you're kind of like, I mean, I had to. So you know, a lot of idiots have done this before yeah, yeah. me and they survived. Yeah. So I'm probably gonna survive. Yeah. This. <laughs> that know? was exactly That's, how I thought. But you got like, to wheel racing for the first time. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> people have done this before. I'm not the first person to do this. Even yeah. it feels That's like actually, it. funny. You know? That's how you. <laughs> and, that's how Matt encourages me to go wheel to wheel because I'm like, I'm not sure if I'm ready for chump. He's like, there's people out there that are way worse than oh, you yeah, are, exactly. dude. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. Like, like, I mean, once you Randy get into flight and Independence Day, land that fucking crop duster, didn't he? I can do this shit. That's exactly. I mean, it's like that. And once you start flying you realize how many idiots there are out there i mean you think you're a bad pilot and then you hear these idiots on the radio oh my god but anyway <laughs> so it's like you have to push yourself through this wall of like okay I'm yeah sure i'm gonna survive this and then you know and yeah. then so as you get older it's like a little harder to find these experiences and so that's that's the biggest reason i did is because it's it is pretty challenging how far have you flown yourself well, we flew to Cascade, Idaho for the eclipse, which oh, really? was amazing. Cool. Yeah. How long did that take? That Well, we started, we flew, it was, we did it in two legs because we went to Monterey first because the eclipse was the Monday morning after Pebble Beach. Oh, did any of you guys convenient. go to Pebble Beach? No, I, okay. I had to skip it this year. Yeah. Well, you didn't miss anything. I mean, it was cool. It was amazing. I yeah. love, no, I love Pebble <laughs> Beach. I'm going to go back. I just, I had to skip this year for other reasons, but yeah. Whatever. I want to go to Dream Cruise. I haven't been to Dream Cruise in years. It was so fun a few years ago and I went last year and I was kind of disappointed. Really? Why? Yeah. Uh, just after going to Pebble, it it doesn't seem that. I think it depends on. I, don't See, know. I think it the cars are more approachable. The Dream Cruise, like well, I go certainly like, fucking. Approachable. I would buy one of those. Sure you yeah, because there's a lot of sure there's a lot of ten thousand dollar pieces. I saw some. There. I saw. Don't get me wrong. I saw some yeah. amazing stuff. Have you ever seen like a seventy year old white dude and his wife in an Impala on hydraulics? <laughs> I mean, no. it was. I, I, Not a lot I, of those in LA. I was stunned. It was amazing. It was beautiful. Yeah, no, you see crazy shit. It is, it is fun. Dream Cruise is fun, but God, Pebble really desensitizes you if you're there 
Yeah, wow. well, the, yeah, the thing about Pebble is there is stuff there that you can't see anywhere. Because yeah. mm-hmm. the pulling power of that, sh- that one Sunday morning yeah. is just, you know, I mean, all those well, GT40s Well, now they, they keep adding up. activities, so it's just all the more reason for these people to go. Oh, and... Yeah, it's too much now, though. It's it's kind of, I think we've passed peak Pebble. Have we? Well, I was thinking that as I was walking around Concorso, which I go every year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Concorso was a bit thinned out this year. And I was like... You know, and I mean, the Ferrari Club went off and did their own thing on Saturday. What did the Ferrari Club do? I don't know. They they had some people were like, yeah, they're on the really? Ferraris because the Ferrari Club went off and did their own thing. I'm like, on Saturday, Saturday is the Concorso. Why yeah. aren't they here? And a lot of it is people got it's pissed off. I mean, lost its luster. Well, okay, so it's $125 to park your car and $175 to walk in the door. Now, most car shows, they either charge the guy who brings his car or they charge the people. Oh, they, that's both? It's <laughs> both? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they charge yeah. you both. Fuck off. Well, yeah. That's, that's crazy. But that's standard. It's like all of is that. It, is it like the quail where there's like open oyster bar, too? No. No. Oh, really? $175 allows you to walk into the show. Oh, that's stupid. Yeah, I, would, can, I wouldn't go either. The quail, at least for your 400 bucks, you're getting those champagne five, and oysters. Is it five? Yeah. Well, two years ago when I paid, it was You know, they're charging for um, Dawn Patrol now. So, I'm sorry? So if you buy a regular um, concourse ticket, I think it's like... They three, charge you extra for Dawn yes. Patrol? So they charge <laughs> 380 bucks for the regular ticket. It's <laughs> 750 if you want a, the Dawn no Patrol way. ticket. I am not kidding you. You may be right. We may be past peak pebble. That's what I. Or think. it's just further proof there's too many goddamn rich people in this in this country. Well, I, I mean, I, I would every year I'd go to pebble and like it'd be a little bit more expensive, a little bit more expensive. You go around like I want the kind of job where you just keep charging more and more people show up because that was Pebble Beach for years. I mean, and they just singer. kept charging, raising the prices, raising the prices, raising, and more people would come. Yeah, you know, it was a total inverse of economic theory: raise the price, the demand drops. No, raise the price, and the demand only got higher. Well, well what they didn't think, count on is people's like. Comp- competitiveness to outspend each other in some of this shit. I guess. Yes, it is. But the 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 viability of those events are not the super rich guys at the top. It's all the, the other people that show up. And but what's the capacity of Pebble? Like, how many? You know, what's max capacity for no attendees? Because if it's, I mean, what ten thousand people, then there's you think there's it's that many. Right. So if it's less than that, the number of people in the world that love cars, and even just in the continental U.S., that are willing to go once is probably seven figures so you can you can milk you know that teat for years and years and years at whatever price it you seems want. like they, so. it's, it when i've been there it seems pretty full it seems yeah, like yeah but how many of those people have actually paid for their tickets because you know they oh, sell know. out all of those suites which yeah. get you know a certain number of tickets. the whole peter hay hill remember when the peter hay hill used to have like old cars that were in the auctions and just like cool which, stuff what's, what's the peter hay that's, is that that's the golfing hill up on you know when you walk from like where the RM auctions and stuff. Oh, you walk, yeah, yeah, yeah. You used to you walk, walk down, all that grass yeah, yeah, and then yeah, down yeah. the hill yeah, into yeah, the yeah, lodge. Okay. And that all used to be like just full of cars that were in the auctions and stuff and, you know, cool cars you could look at. Now it's all auto industry. It's all car company stamps, you know, which they're charging mega huge bucks for. So they're making all the money off of those displays and off the auctions and off the all the suites that they sell. And all of those people are getting tickets as part of their thing. So you walk into the show and you're like, how many people actually? I mean, you really got to search to find somebody who's actually paid for a ticket. That's a good that, point. Um, in that show. And I don't think they care. I don't think that they care that not that many people because they've they've made so much money off the corporate displays. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, I know I know a few uh, tuner shops that are learning the value of they're like they're like not I don't and I don't want to like say names or anything, but they're not really uh, building customer cars anymore because there's a lot because they can pull 
three hundred thousand dollars out of a brand to build a SEMA car. Right. You know what I mean? They right. build three, four, five SEMA cars a year. That's their whole year. Right. Done. Then. Boom. Close the door. You know, well, and then you and get hashtag branding. And, uh, and but that's you, I mean that's like all of the that's my that's my other problem with Pebble Beach is like it's all become this kind of big giant flea market for wealthy people because you know if you go to the Quail it's like okay you have all this money to come into the Quail and it's kind of an okay car show I mean really there's nothing at the Quail at least in my opinion the last two years going where that you can't see um, elsewhere quail, on that peninsula that we I mean a true. lot of those cars are in the Auctions later that weekend. That's you true. Know, in the quail, yeah. and so yeah, you kind of walk in, and, and, they, and the car shows okay. I'm telling you, and, they are. it's not four hours. There's all guys. this food, and there's people selling helicopters and yachts, and you know, it's very <laughs> yeah. expensive. The stuff. yacht, the yacht stand. <laughs> actually, I, I got a good chuckle at the yacht stand. Honestly, <laughs> where they have the models of the yachts. I know. You know, and they've got four or five of these things. Each of those models has got to be like fucking ten grand for those things. I took a picture of one model. I posted to Facebook. I was like, if this thing's radio controlled, it's my favorite thing here. Oh <laughs> yeah, I, they should make them radio controlled. If I bought right? a yacht, I would demand my model a yacht. Radio control radio model control. of your yacht. Turbo S add-on. Yeah. Right. <laughs> have you been to uh, in Monaco? They have a, there's a yacht store that is just like that. It's like that at, at Quail, but it's a whole. It's just a, a whole store. But they front. sell real yachts. And they sell real yachts. <laughs> so, it's yachts and planes. I just come and go. Yeah, I have one of those. Two yes. of those. Anyway. So, um, but we could be past peak pebble. It I, is highly I, commercialized. And by the way, and we were all sitting at concourse of going. You know, if this thing all collapses, um, we'll just go back to meeting in a parking lot for free, which is how Concorso Italiano got started. There was a bunch of guys with Italian cars just meeting up in the parking lot of the Quail um, before it was the Quail and, you know, kicking tires and mm -hmm. bullshit. It was like a cars and coffee for Italian cars, which is how the Legends of Autobahn got going mm -hmm. and, you know, some of these other little sideshows lemons right. to lemons yeah i mean they're those are kind of what pebble beach yeah. used to be for a lot of these you know well everyone shows. goes it was a casa bonita like that's one of the better shows there because it's open you right. just hang out talk to you it called? feels relaxed isn't that a mexican restaurant in carmel yeah exactly you know like a million cars there yeah there's a ton of cars there, and you might not see the sterling moss this and this and this but you're gonna see a lot of cool stuff and a bigger a wider array of stuff and it just it just feels more fun. But see, I think that that's all part of this bigger generational shift. Like you know, the older car guys, they're used to joining clubs. They're used to going to like formal car shows. You, know, you pay your thirty five dollars, yeah. fill out the form, show up at eight a.m. You can't leave till three o'clock, and we give the awards away. Younger people don't want to do that. They're they're cars and coffee people. They're like, well, I might come if the show the show's from seven to nine. I'm like. Eh, maybe I'll come. Yeah. Eh, maybe I won't. Nobody cares if you come or you don't come. Whatever. And and of course, when nobody cares if you come, then everybody comes. Right. Which is why the, all these cars and coffees get overwhelmed here. But it's like all these people show up and they look and they're like, eh, da, 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 and drink. I talk to a couple of people and then they're gone. Psh, that's mm -hmm. it. I get on with the rest of my day. Because six hours at a car show is too much. Yeah, like you know. I'll tell yeah. you what. The per here's my perfect pebble. Drive a cool car up there. Something Absolutely. you can drive around. Requirement. Don't buy tickets to anything. Just fuck. It. Maybe no. Get passes to the auctions. You get passes to the auctions. You could pretty much get into anything else. Yeah. And then just kind of sleep in, wander around town, hang out, go check out the parking lot of the Quail. Right. Maybe buy a Monterey Historics ticket. Mm -hmm. Maybe if you can get a, a cheap Monterey Historics ticket, and then uh, go, just go out and party in town at night. That's the perfect pebble. 
Yeah, you got, that's what the old Buick's great for because a lot of the guys that run the parking lots yeah, of these big yeah. hotels are all from south of the border. They yeah. have all very fond memories of cars <laughs> of that vintage. Yeah. So, yeah, you roll up in a 48 Buick and the guy parks you next to the LaFerrari yeah. and the P1. They parked my DeLorean right up front at, you know, the uh, the Marriott that's right in front of where the auction is? Yeah, like yeah, at yeah. The, cor- the yeah. yeah, exactly. They parked my, my car and Magnus Walker's car <laughs> right up front. And then, uh, what's his name? Marvin Shine showed up in his McLaren F1 that he'd driven there from New York. The white one? And then we got put downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The McLaren, they drove the McLaren F1 and the F50. Yeah. From New I York. like those Did people. They really? Yeah. yeah. And then oh they drove God. them around all weekend like filthy. This was before this. That was a $15 million no. car. No. No, no. This was two years ago. This was only an $8 million car. This was 2015. The, this the, guy's a baller. Him and his family just do big road trips in these crazy exotics and they have fun with it, which I think I applaud. That's exactly. Yeah, they've got a F40, F50 end zone, and McLaren F1, and, uh, and they put a shitload of miles on all of them. I think that McLaren's got 30, 40,000 yeah, I think that's right. I met a guy like that a couple weeks ago. We had this thing here. We had a, a bunch of members bring cars that are kind of like future future good investment cars and uh, honestly the diablo was one of the cars and this guy came up this guy came up from new york with a with a diablo vt that he paid 45 grand for no now you can imagine what a forty five thousand dollar diablo looks horrible well it actually didn't look that bad but he was like you know guy had some money problems you know so it's like you can imagine (laughs) like it was like 45 grand or i'm gonna bring you my legs are gonna get broken so um but uh man this guy like made he totally made owning exotic cars look easy because he's saying, well, you know, starter in this car is really hard to get at, you know, cause it's underneath the exhaust pipes. I'm like, oh, yeah. So what'd you do? Pull the engine. He goes, Oh no, no, I just cut a hole in the wall. You, you've got a <laughs> hole right here. To, I'm like, so you, you do your own work. He's like, Oh yeah, yeah. I have two lifts in my garage. And he's got like a Ferrari 355. He's got a, his, his all mo- the nightmare maintenance. It's right. Cars. He's, just, he's got a Testarossa. <laughs> he's got a 308. That is his winter beater. He was showing me pictures of like the car. Awesome. Was he's like, yeah, I rusted away in one year. So I got a new body shell. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, 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 his Testarossa rusted away. He drove through the winter a few years too. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. yeah it was his train station car where I'm from in Ryan, New York. And the chassis rusted away. But I was like, yeah, so, you know, it's like, what's it like doing belts on a tester? He's like, well, it's, not, it's easy. You just drop the engine, do the belts. It's not a big deal. You know, it's like, <laughs> just one of the, every once in a while you meet a guy who's like, makes owning those cars yeah, look really yeah. simple. Yeah. Where everybody like freaks out. They're all online. Like, oh, yeah, you got to set the valve clearances. Oh, I'm going to have to take it to the Ferrari guy. Only the white coated guy and charges yeah. $400 an hour. He's the only guy that can do it. But this guy was like, oh, I would no, love it's not a, that hard. a Diablo six liter, but they're gone. Never coming back. Can't have them. Why? What do you mean? They're expensive as fuck. Diablo six O's. Why? What's expensive? To buy them. They're under. They're under what? They're like a buck and a quarter. Aaron has two. They planes. are not a buck and a quarter. They're like three hundred thousand dollars. Really? For a six, oh, for, for a, a six O. Okay. Yeah. Because a six O is like Audi. The last did a few things yeah. and made it work. It had the best dash, best was, interior. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Timmy, give me a Diablo six point oh. I just want to see. It's cheap. Give me one. Give me a Diablo shit can, show. Can't you sell a couple of cars, your Lexus and a couple of other Yeah, cars? right? <laughs> yeah. How's the million if I Lexus? sold If I sold everything, I could probably afford to buy one. Including but, the house. Oh, look, but yeah, that's the best. I just one. saw one of those, on, a yellow 6.0 on the freeway coming here. That's a good, that's a good one. Uh, that's that's, that's going to be a big dollar car. I do, did you ever there, drive one? I drove one once. 
I drove one once. Yeah, it was yeah. the only Diablo that I I drove two different Diablos. I drove a '94, which I did not like, no. and then I drove the six O, which I liked a lot. '94 would that have been the original? It was a VT. It was the first year. Of the, dash or was no? It, it was the, the intermediate, the intermediate dash, dash, yeah. dash, which the, wasn't bad. The '91. Tim, give me a picture of a 1991 Lamborghini Diablo gauge cluster. If you want to see a fucking oh, nightmare, yeah, awful. the one of the worst gauge clusters ever put into a car. It's only it's a 91 it's like, to it's 93. Like, it's, like a, it's like a neon gauge cluster. It is horrible, and it's the double stack. No, 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 that's, no, no, no that's, that's a Mercy. That's a Merce. That's a Merce. That's that's it. But. Pull, go, top left corner. Top left corner. That you said yellow and red. Yeah, pull that. So well, that's classy. Ooh, that's geez. the McDonald's Diablo. Oh, it's Superman underwear. It's Ronald McDonald's personal <laughs> Diablo. Diablo. But look at that gauge cluster and the rest. And they of put the, the gauge exactly where you can't see them. <laughs> yeah, but by the way, that's that's Lamborghini tradition. Yeah, this spot is the same way. Put they're, it where you right can't see in it. behind the ring and the Yurako. Remember the Yurako? Yeah. It's like way out here. It's, where and then go to change that ninety one to like a ninety I don't know seven or eight, and they made it. Uh, they there made were there it were three instrument clusters. In that yeah, game. there was an intermediate and then the final one, which was really cool. No, that's no, that's, that's the same Merce. So that's like a Fiat truck. No, that's I, a fucking simple, that's like, a Subaru or BMW Vortex. BMW. Oh my God! Scroll down. None of these are the right are Lamborghini. None of them. Not a one. And maybe you have to put Lamborghini. Oh, all of these have forum posts that say, like Mustang Cobra. made my gauges Diablo. look like a Lamborghini. Yeah, you got to. Because so, there's someone this, selling a overlays called yeah, like, Diablo Overlay. It's exactly. Mustang Cobra. <laughs> That's an there IS200. No. Or IS300. Uh, down right. No, R8. No, no. No. Never mind. Fuck it. It's out ah, there. Sorry. Well, it got better. Let's just say it got better. Fucking, we could, This is a waste of time. Um, holy shit. We need to take a break, don't we? Has it been over an hour? I feel like it has. Yep. It's break time. We got to take a break. We got to sell some ads. Someone's got to pay for this shit. Ooh, look at that Diablo GTR. Mm. Mm. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's very nice. Very nice. little shop it's in, too. Is that a I saw those stuff? being made. I was saw in the factory. Yeah. The two guys, once a day, the two guys would get together and shove the engine in. One had a big, long <laughs> stick because you had to heave it over this 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 chassis bar. And so the guy, you know, the thing, the engine goes in nearly vertically. And then, really? you know, because it's the engine, transmission, and different. And it goes in from the and differential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, oh. it goes, you know, it's just a freaking hole, a yeah. porthole. Pivots. Yeah. And so they put it in the top. So you got the, literally in order from top to bottom, you have the differential, the engine, and the transmission. And it, this little, this giant stack goes, it was the same way the Countach was built. And this giant stack goes vertically. And then one guy stands, or one guy's running the chain fall. And the other guy's like with a with a wood stick, like <laughs> levering the thing in. Finally, you hear it go, gadunk, you know, and it's in. So, Nuts. If you ever Nuts. wonder why a clutch job is expensive <laughs> in one of these cars. Oh, is that why? You, you got to pull, pull that sucker around. out. Yeah. They were not, they were not designed with uh, servicing in mind. Amazing. I think the Merce, can't you pull the Merce engine out from below? No. You uh, can't? None of them. No. Really? Murcielago was the last of the... the Murcielago was basically a developed Countach. I mean, all from the Countach on down, they were all steel tube frame, same powertrain stack, everything. The the, the Murcielago had the same engine as my car, seven main bearing block. It was it was an, it was an evolution <laughs> of the engine in my 48-year-old Lamborghini. still? No, no, no. Ventador was the first with the total, the total top to bottom, engine. direct okay. injection. Yeah. It it's was a good sounding engine, though. Man. I like it. I wish I could afford that Diablo 6. So maybe we'll look on eBay later. <laughs> no, I can't. Is it going to be a 56 Conti? Diablo. Uh, Zach's going to go look in. All right. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a minute with more from Aaron Robinson. 
This episode of the Smoke Tire Podcast is brought to you by Driveline. Driveline is the world's first social driving app and comes exclusively to the iPhone. Discover the pleasure of driving, not to get somewhere, but simply to be on the road. Whether you're a long-time driving enthusiast or just someone who wants to discover why driving can be fun. And believe you me, it can be fun. This is the app for you. Here, get this. You can map and classify. So you can map your favorite driving roads and then classify them based on style. Is it a hill climb, a rally stage, a B road, a, well, not a top speed, but a, quote, top possible top speed, or a trail. Capture basic metrics and driving data. You can rec- use your iPhone's camera to record video of your drive or use an external camera or maybe even a drone. Post those videos to the feed so everyone can see exactly why your time behind the wheel matters or keep them for yourself in your library. You can share your cars, track your drives, and earn points towards contests and giveaways from the team at Driveline Entertainment. If you're new to an area or you're just looking for new roads to travel, Driveline lets you search for roads in any given area by radius and style. You can review maps, videos, comments, likes, and the point scores of the creator. Woo! So many things to do to make driving fun. Looking for a loose service rally style drive? There may be something closer than you think. Check out Driveline in the App Store for the iPhone. This episode of the Smoke Tire Podcast is also brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? It is tough. It is tough to find anyone to do anything right, and that is why most of the time I do things myself. (laughs) With ZipRecruiter, though, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites with just one click. Then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your job better than anyone else. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the same site in just one day. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, listeners to the Smoking Tire Podcast can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, kids. It's free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash smoke, S-M-O-K-E. ZipRecruiter.com slash smoke. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash smoke. What else do we have? Oh, this is going to be my favorite read of the show because we are talking about Forza Motorsport 7. And what's good about Forza Motorsport 7 is that I'm in it. I think I accidentally said that. Uh, on the podcast before and I got in a little bit of trouble uh, I didn't know that it was like a secret um, but I, I <laughs> kind of was and uh, now I can say it uh, there's a thing called the Voices of Motorsports uh, for Forza Motorsports 7 which is coming out it includes past and current racing drivers uh, automotive industry engineers automotive journalists and personalities think i'm one of each of those i'm not sure if i'm journalist or personality but it doesn't matter because i'm in it here we go there's a list they sent me charlie turner editor-in-chief chief of top gear johnny lieberman uh i didn't know they put a uh, a bourbon section in there but uh lieberman's in there which is nice joseph newgarden indycar driver Catherine, ooh, i want to say it's leger uh leggy l-e-g-g-e professional driver in imsa uh with michael shank racing uh 
I mispronounce your name, Catherine, I'm sorry. Ken Block, of course. Kim Wolfkill, Lynn St. James. Ooh, Lynn St. James, retired professional IndyCar driver. Magnus Walker, the urban outlaw. Uh, Mark Roberts, the chief designer at McLaren Automotive. Matt Farah, some shitbag. Pat Devereaux, Pat Long. Ah, the world's fastest ginger. Pat Long. Ralph Gilles, uh, head of design for uh, Fiat Chrysler. Our, uh, our old pal Rutledge Wood, Shannon McIntosh, Tanner Faust. Man, that is some list of personalities to be included. What an honor to be included in that list. I think all of these people pretty much are cooler than me. Uh, but that's awesome. So, Motorsport uh, 7, Forza, the official uh, racing simulator of the Smoking Tire Podcast. It will be available uh, as an Xbox Play Anywhere title uh, on September 29th for Ultimate Edition owners and October 3rd for Deluxe and Standard Edition owners. You can get the uh, the demo now. People are playing the demo, and it is sick. Uh, you can friend us at the Smoking Tire. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, at TST Racing uh, on the Xbox Live and race against our Drivatars and such. And, uh, of course, Forza Motorsport 7 and uh, Horizon 3 are the official racing simulators of the Smoking Tire Podcast. But I am so happy that I get to be... Being in the game as yourself is pretty much the coolest thing ever. Even for someone like me who's not diehard video game and, in fact, has <laughs> argued with people about uh, what makes uh, pro gaming and whatnot. But, nevertheless, uh, being in the game is awesome. So, thanks to Forza uh, that last but not least, gotta grab them. Here it is, Dylan Optics for the camera, the official eyewear of the Smoke and Tire podcast. These Dylan Optics sunglasses have been on my eyes since 2009, I think. I bought my first pair of Dylans before going to no, it's 2011 because I was going to do something called the Ford Focus Rally, uh, which was actually the first ever Hulu original programming show, and. Um, I needed some sunglasses, and uh, these were so cool. I bought the pair, and I started wearing them. And uh, pretty soon, they were wondering why so many people were going to their website from ours, and it was because you guys thought they were neat, too. Uh, these are amazing glasses, not just because they, they look different. They have their matte finish. I get a lot of compliments on them. You can customize uh, what color uh, lenses you get with uh, different frames. You can mix and, mix and match every color with every frame style, uh, plastic and metal frames. But... It's more than that is that the glass in these glasses and people, I wish I could uh, I could show you without, uh, you know, oh, for the camera, I'll just hold it up to the camera. Maybe you can see. I don't know. There it is. Oh, it's hard to see. Eh, it's We're indoors, so it's tough to see. But you got to take my word for it. The glass in these, the reason they're so expensive is because the glass is incredible. Uh, and so go to thesmokingtire.com, uh, check out the partners tab, and you'll see that Dylan link. If you use that and you buy a pair of Dylans, I will send you free Smoking Tire t-shirt. Um, I love these glasses. I'll talk about them just, just because I love them, and I don't even need to, to get paid. But it's we do. Don't worry. So the official eyewear of the Smoking Tire, Dylan Optics, back to the show with Aaron Robinson. High energy. We're back. Yep. Right. Uh, what do you want to plug? Haggerty Magazine. Where can we find it? By getting Haggerty Insurance. By getting Haggerty Insurance. Call the 800 number. They What's have the very nice number? people. Um, What's the 800 number? 800 call Haggerty. It's you don't know? <laughs> Read it off the website. What is it? Get, uh, get my quote now. This is terrible. Let's go to Haggerty.com. <laughs> and I called this number to get Haggerty Insurance. We don't get a special discount. Just you don't? No employee person. discount? No. Wow. Um, they give us roadside. That's the only. We don't have to pay for the roadside. When? When uh when Larry Webster was in here talking about Haggerty, uh, he probably he did said, a much better job. 
No, well, no, he didn't talk about airplanes. It's okay, you can tell him he did. <laughs> he didn't waste um, time with airplanes. He uh, he said that in Traverse City, Michigan, yes, there is a Haggerty-owned facility, yes, that is not only full of classic cars that I can drive, yes, but also that it has an apartment above it that I can stay in. That might be true. I didn't see the apartment. I did oh. see the garage full of garage classic cars. full of classic cars. Yes, and I can drive them. Yes, what's in there? Um, yes. What I have pictures of it. There's um, a couple of uh, the one that stood out to me that Larry said. The only one I really remember was Aston Martin DB5. I don't know if you can drive that one. That's <laughs> sorry. If I flew all the way to fucking Traverse City, I would like to. Drive I'm not it. sure if it's a five or a four. It was it was up on a a lift. It's pretty nice. It's McKeel's personal car. It's whose? McKeel Haggerty's oh. own car. Oh. You might be able to drive. I'm sure you could work a deal. Oh. Um, if I talk about Haggerty Magazine and Haggerty Insurance, I probably There's uh No, I don't have any pictures of it. Sorry. There are... <laughs> there's... um. Let's see. What is there? There's like a 59 Chrysler in there. There's a 54 Cadillac, I want to say. There's a bunch of Model A's and might even be a T. There's... It's a wide range of stuff. You know, MGA, I think. And, you know... Some little stuff. And Larry said uh, Traverse City in the summer is like amazing. It's kind of like paradise. Is it's it really? Like, it's like paradise? Well, it's, I mean, it's, it's like Borscht Belt paradise. I mean, it's yeah. like going to the Catskills, you know? It's That's nice. Beautiful nice place lake to drive an old car. And, yeah, it doesn't get real hot there. And it's. Um, there are good roads out there for driving side cars. Yeah, there's beautiful roads all up and down the peninsulas. And it's really, I mean, it's a great place to spend a summer. I mean, you see why old money from Chicago and, and other places went there in the summer. I mean, you know, I grew up in the Detroit area and we used to go up to Harbor Springs, which is just a little bit further north, you know, and there were a lot of these old grand houses on the water that are only open in the summer. And it was all old money from New York and Chicago, and that's where they went. That's it where they spent like their vacations. It seemed like a cool spot. I'm going to try and make that work for next summer. It seems like a good time. He said there was an apartment there that I could borrow or something. I don't know, but that's not the big sell, but the cars were. It yeah. seemed like the roads were amazing. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, well worth visiting in the uh, in the summer. And yeah, I was just there uh, like three weeks ago for orientation, and, and I hadn't been to Traverse City, and we didn't go there. We were further north than Harbor Springs, and I hadn't been there in probably twenty five years. And it's like, wow, it's a really cool town. I mean, there's like really hip restaurants, and the main street is jumping, and there's bars and cool. It's like Americana and. Well, it's like, I don't know what it's like. It's like um, Georgetown or, you oh, know, okay. I mean, some of these yeah, like yeah, happening yeah. places. Yeah. Of you course, been to, you're in a South Haven, Michigan, where Ginger Man is. Yeah. We were there. It was kind of popping off, actually, when we were there mm -hmm. in May. It was nice. Yeah. It was a cool, cool. No, a lot town. of people come from Chicago to the like the west yeah. side of Michigan and stuff. So these are all these are all happening places, you know, and and the the, the Haggerty facility itself is amazing. I mean, I, I've never had a job like this. You know, I've always worked for media companies, which are kind of like the junkyard dogs of industry. You yeah. know, but this place is like a Silicon Valley startup. I mean, a lot of young people and it's oh, they're real. The they're really going for it, huh? And yeah, the company has really progressive employee policies and you know, there's like a gym inside the inside Ooh. the actual office and there's, you know, a cafe and there's you you'd like walking around just because of all the they you know, they've Where blown is up the office. It's right in Traverse City. 
Oh, the one in Traverse City. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they've, they've blown up all these pictures of, like, the Le Mans grid in 1965, you know. And it's, like, wall-sized photos where all the conference rooms are and everything. So it's everywhere Whoa. you look, there's something cool. I didn't realize Traverse City was, like, the home office. I thought that was, like, a satellite facility. No. That's where it's all happening. Traverse City is the world oh. headquarters. That's where the Haggerty Insurance Agency was. It was started by McKeel's parents. That oh. They started. And they, they actually started in antique boats. That was their... That's how they got into it. And then in the early 90s, they started doing classic cars and it just exploded from there. And they still do the boats. They do the classic cars. Antique and then they boats do like probably limited. Antique farm tractors and all kinds of stuff you'd never think of. And um, they now have a business going for restoration shops because, you know, like a friend of mine's a Lamborghini mechanic here in L.A. And he's like a one man shot. He's like mm-hmm. one little industrial thing with one door and two lifts. And, you know, he's a small time shop. But the guy might have fifteen million dollars yeah, worth yeah. of cars, so you can't, you know, go to like your regular insurer. Goes, you know, I'm just a little one man shop, and then that. But I have fifteen million dollars worth of cars in there, so you know, I mean, he they they don't know what to do with a guy like that. Yeah. So, so they're they've developed a, a insurance business where they're helping to insure restoration shops. And they, so. you think they insure uh, car storage facilities? Collector uh, car storage that facilities. That might be, uh, you know, on we have a little chat about that later. Well, because now, I mean, you have like M1 Concours is, is in the one in Pontiac, Michigan. It's it's kind of like the one in New York, who's the name I'm blanking on. Classic Collector Car Classic Car Club? No, where the track, where they got the track. And Monticello. The, Monticello, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's but, crazy. They built a racetrack like in the city. <laughs> well, not really. It's, it's well, quite a ways out. I guess, I guess, I don't know. For me, who's not from Detroit, Pontiac is basically in Detroit. Oh, you're me. talking about M1. Yeah, yeah, M1. No, not yeah. Monticello. No, Monticello's <laughs> in the fucking sticks. I'm yeah. talking about M1. Yeah, no, no, no. M1. M1's in the city. It's totally in the city. Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, it's in Pontiac, which is, sli- is slightly different. I mean, this could not have happened in almost any other part of the country because no places is run down and yeah. crashed as Detroit is. So it's like these guys, and there's a lot of money in Detroit, and these guys went and go, okay, where can we put this thing that's like reasonably close to where Real. we live? And it turns out Pontiac was great because it has land and everything is cheap. And so it worked out brilliantly. And I mean, when I was there, I was there a few weeks ago for the Roadkill Nights thing. and. They they're building these garages as fast as they can. I mean, the place is really successful. So oh, Roadkill Nights, God, how fucked did they get? Did you see all the stupid news? Like <laughs> the day before Roadkill Nights. No, the, the day guy, of. Was it the day of? It was the oh day of. It the was guy, the Saturday. The Charlottesville guy ran over someone in a Dodge Challenger, and then they have a Dodge sponsored event called Roadkill Road Nights that same day. Well, not only that, but the alt right. Some of these, some of these alt right sites were going, yeah, well, roadkill. This was the roadkill. You know, I mean, the guy came from the yeah. roadkill thing, and they and they were trying to connect the two, and it was a bit, a little bit of a PR disaster. That I mean, sucks. yeah, it was really the worst timing ever for Dodge. Yeah, but I mean, the fact that nobody here had heard of that is probably proof that it didn't go very far. And, yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, so. Only the people who read us fucking lefty snowflake websites read that shit. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, that was not that was not good. Uh, what we call a product placement, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, uh, but M one concourse, yeah, they have garages full of expensive. Cars. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know if anybody knows about Rookie Nights, but that's you know, and I should talk about them because they're the competition. But um, that is an amazing event. 
I, you know, a drag race on Woodward. It's fucking They literally cool close Woodward Avenue and drag race. They have, and I didn't know this because I had never been to it before. They have a live uh, railroad line that runs right through the staging area. So while, what? yeah, so all these cars are <laughs> staged to race on Woodward Avenue. Meantime, there is Old a for train. There's a giant, literally, like every twenty minutes is on. It's not like one of these railroad lines that never works. It's, it's like every twenty minutes is a ding ding. Tim, ding, let's ding, see if we can get pictures of roadkill nights railroad. <laughs> and and and, and the, you know the barriers come down and like these giant trains and the guy's like you know he's just doodling along in his railroad you know his locomotive um, and then all of a sudden there's like top fuel dragsters and stuff so, you know <laughs> and um, so he of course he blows his horn heartily when he goes through and but it's, it's pretty funny I'm not seeing a lot of pictures of roadkill nights with trains. Um, well, maybe just roadkill nights, and you might get a train. You might get a train. Oh, yeah. That's funny so, though. How many? How many people show up to that thing? A lot. A billion. Right? A billion. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people. Wait, there. but you didn't you just say you wanted to go to Dream Cruise, and yet you were at Roadkill Nights, which is at Dream Cruise? Well, because the, the Roadkill Nights is actually the Saturday before uh, Dream Cruise, so I yeah, went. It's one. It's one night before. No, no, it's the weekend before. It's the weekend before. Yeah. Is that new? It, Last year well, was the same weekend. Well, kind of, you know, uh, Dream Cruise now is sort of a week long. It's like a it's Hindu a weekend festival. Before? It you goes sure? for a long time. Now. Was I in a train? Oh yeah, my brother lives now? in Birmingham, right there, and he's yeah. like, yeah, it goes for. It pretty much goes all summer now. Yeah, all the all the all the like, uh, you know, the food people I meet on Woodward, like the guy's got a fucking gyro stand on Woodward, is like, yeah, fuck this bullshit. Yeah, and they hate it. They all hate it so much. Because um, uh, like I, we went, I went with my mom to buy a new mattress for her guest bedroom on Woodward, and I'm talking <laughs> yeah, to the guy, right. you know. I'm literally like we're talking about mattresses, and I'm watching over his shoulders like you know, fifty-eight Plymouths <laughs> yeah, are going by and stuff. And so, so, yeah, I was in there buying a mattress, and the guy goes like, "Yeah, we just closed the door because he says everybody who comes in just wants to, to use the bathroom." Yeah, that's the yeah, that's, that's, that's true. So. Yeah, <laughs> I, my one of my favorite vehicles I've ever seen was a boat on a trailer driving itself down Woodward, oh, like without yeah, a tow yeah. vehicle. Yeah, I've seen that. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. A bit of an art project. Oh, which actually reminds me, reverse it. The I left the uh the the flying lesson and I went straight to Marina Del Rey and joined the sailing club. Well, that's that's what that's I that's odd. what inspired that that to do. Do like, you really? Yeah. Why? Because there's very little commitment compared to getting a pilot's license. <laughs> I wanted to sail. They have boats. You get you join the club and you can use yeah. their boats. It's fucking great. Let's go sailing. You take me flying and then I'll take Anytime. you sailing. Anytime. I I joined uh, when I first moved here. I joined a um, sailing thing down in King Harbor. Really? And you'd go out. First of all, I grew up on the lakes, and so um, you go out on that ocean, and the waves are really big. I mean, it's not you know. I mean, you can get storms in in the Great Lakes, but you're every kind of daily sailing in the yeah. summer. Swell. It's not. Yeah, you go out on the ocean, and it's like up and down. Yeah, <laughs> ocean and waves you, are real. And then once you kind of sail around the Santa Monica Bay a couple times, you're like, okay, I got it. Yeah, so, I mean, I think you're really to enjoy the sailing, you have to race. Yes. We well, need friends, too. Well, this, this oh, club yeah. does have races. Raging drunk. You they know, go race the boats, too. So that, I'm, but, so I'm that's Those are cool. Yeah. They do that every Wednesday in Santa Cruz, and it was like 50, 100 boats go out. And yeah, like, they do you know, it every Wednesday races. here as well. Well, they also have, I think, right in Marina Del Rey, they have a little, like, a little laser fleet that sails. And well, that's LMU. That's the LMU sailing team. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because that I love. Fun. I used to race lasers when I was a kid. That yeah, was my boat. Did you do lasers as yeah. well? Lasers are awesome. Oh yeah. I I didn't ask if the sailing club has lasers, but if they do, I would a hundred percent go laser sailing. Do you think yeah. you could mount a potato gun on a laser? 
and play pirates. Absolutely. You'd go to jail. Probably. Would, would you? you? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know the rules of sailing. Tim, pull up laser sailing. sailing. For you who don't know what a laser sailboat is, it's a 14-foot <laughs> single I just want to put a hole in this yeah, boat and storm it. It's a good promo photo Yarr. there. It's a dinghy. Do they still make these things? Fuck yeah, they do. Do they? Yeah. They're in the Olympics, right? Laser it's, an, it's, a, it's a one design class in the Olympics. Okay. My laser that I had when I was a kid, I bought from the 1990. It was surplus from the 96 Atlanta Olympics. Of course it was. They bought a whole fleet of them for the Olympians to sail and then sold them off cheap. And so it had like very little use. It was so sailed by fucking somebody. Yeah, well, you can't and, just uh, have some normal ass laser like the rest of us. <laughs> what a normal laser! Olympic. I got it cheaper than a normal Olympic laser. laser. I was cheap. It was. <laughs> they're all cheap. You can buy a laser for like forty dollars. I mean, they're, now you probably they're a couple can, hundred yeah. bucks at I the mean, time. Yeah, with so. with the trailer. I mean, they're yeah. they're super cheap. If they have the, they're so fun to sail. They're really really fast, and they're great great fun boats. It's like a sunfish, but like a fucking fast one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be cool, Stan. They're great fun. There's a laser two as well. Yeah. Two person. I only like sailing if I have something to do. But if you do that, then you're the only person, so you have something to do. You wait. You don't like sailing unless you have something to do. Yeah. On dinghy sailing, you always have something yeah. to do. Yeah. Anything up to 25 feet or so, you're always, you're always doing, doing shit. Something. Yeah. Yeah. And then above 25 feet is when you get winches, and the, the winch does a lot of the work. <laughs> especially, especially in the ocean, like you're saying. You know, Thailand was much calmer, but when we used to sail up in Monterey. You get kind of sick if you don't have shit to do. If you're not moving around and focused, you, all you do is sit there and go, oh, there's another one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, there's another one after it. And you're just, <laughs> just way too focused on that. And if you're racing, you're always doing something. Yeah. yeah. What What else uh, have we driven lately? I drove a 1931 Bentley. How was that? It was Glorious? A, it, like a giant truck. It was my, people ask me, like, <laughs> why do you have that World War II ambulance? Because I had that World War II Dodge. And it was, and the answer oh, now. Is that it right there? Is Something like to that? prepare. Yeah, it was a WO. Ooh, that's cool. So all of the, all of the cars that Bentley made um, at the original Cricklewood factory when WO Bentley ran the factory uh-huh. are called, they call them WOs. And this was, you know, Rolls Royce bought the company in 33, 34. Rolls Royce basically swooped in in the Depression. And, Took over Bentley, which is why Bentley and Rolls Royce were together for so they, many years. Yeah. But uh, before then, W.O. Bentley was Warren Owen Bentley was running the company, and um, so they had a um, they had a like a W.O. festival here. Um, they had how many cars go to a W.O. They festival? had almost thirty. Of them. Oh, really? Yeah, I was shocked, and um, so I actually got my airport organized it because he's got a twenty eight or something. So we went out there and. Um, I a guy named Kurt Ferger who lives in Colorado. He's a retired Swiss pharmaceutical exec. He's got a thirty-one. It's an eight-liter and a four and a half-liter chassis. It's an eight-liter six-cylinder motor. Awesome! Whoa! So this is like you know, it's like a tank engine. Yeah. And uh, he'd been driving these. This rally was a thousand miles. So he'd been driving this thing for you know eight hundred miles and. So the last day, he's like, you want to drive this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the novelties just, worn off. Man, you can <laughs> get over anything. Right? Exactly. Get over anything. So I like, okay. And, you know, I've driven a crash box. My my ambulance was, was non are the Are the pedals normal configuration, at least? Uh, the pedals, uh, some of them have center throttles. Yeah, I don't like the center yeah, throttles. Yeah, his was That wasn't. fucks you up. 
They weren't all that way, and his wasn't. Thank Did God. you order them different ways? I guess, or they just been changed over the years. I think they just changed because everybody. Yeah. It was a. Con- it was you know you, if you go back to the 1920s, there was like no convention, right? right? Yeah, yeah. This is like everybody's just. I've tried driving. The cars pedals are on the roof. Hot pedals on the tire. Yeah, no, because nobody's done it before. Yeah. We can put them in the back seat if you want. Yeah, the guy in the back has the pedals. Right. You only get a tiller, and that guy has and the brakes. Shifts. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> guy down the street has the brakes. So yeah, like no, there was no convention to car. Like they didn't even decided on an in, you know, gasoline as the one fuel. There yeah. were still steam cars in the 1920s and, and you know, all the stuff. So electric cars, you know, Jay Leno has electric. The Baker electric. Yeah, Baker yeah, electric. Yeah. And he has that Doble, that 1923, I want to say Doble steam car. You know, it goes 80 miles an hour. But anyway, oh. so like nobody. <laughs> How do you spell that? D-O-B-L-E. D-O-B-L-E. Yeah. yeah. Doble. Would there be people at these rallies, like one guy's in a car powered by petrol and one has one powered by, like, dried aspen wood? <laughs> exactly. It's just, like, stoking up the fire. It's just, like, piling Is up logs. Noble? Is that? doesn't look like an electric car to me. It's uh, steam. Oh, it's steam. Yeah, huh? if you put in, like, Leno Doble, his will come out. His is, like, a big town car. It's, like, a big touring car. And I've oh. been, I have been on the five freeway in that car at, at <laughs> 80 miles an hour. It's amazing. Wow. And but, smooth. Oh, that, that, I was going to say, what's it feel like? Smooth? Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's totally. It's it's four. It's just like a steam engine. It's four little pistons on the back axle. That's what actually powers the axle. And um, and there's and when you open the hood, there's this amazing giant boiler with like a thousand yards of copper tubing <laughs> in it, and all of this very sophisticated for its day, like um, totally mechanical system for self-regulating, because the 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 boiler could turn itself on and off as needed. You know, Whoa. so it had this total mechanism for regulating itself. That's really cool. It's, re- it's, it's really cool. Wild. What's I the what's the heating element? Is it coal and then you got water? Uh, over it? Yeah. No, it's propane. I propane think. or okay. some kind of gas. Propane. Yeah, yeah I think it's what he uses. So it's, it's he he's so into that steam stuff. It's nuts. Well, because it is nuts. It's he showed totally... up to Trankus on Sunday in a Duesenberg chassis. Oh, just a chassis, body, yeah. no body. He's got a dude. He's got like you used to buy a Duesenberg back in the day. You'd buy the chassis and the motor with like a bench seat on it, and then you'd take it to you know Mulliner or whoever the fuck your coach builder was right. uh, back in the day, and they'd build you a body. And he has one with no body. No body. Yeah, yeah. he's probably the only guy in the world's got a Duesenberg with like dead bugs on the yeah. backside of the <laughs> instruments. Awesome. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, this this Bentley was amazing. I mean, it was a giant wagon wheel, steering wheel, and a handbrake outside. So it has a foot brake, but that only does, I want to say, the rear brakes. Um, Whoa. Or the, maybe the front brakes. And then the other brakes are to apparate. But So, so you're thing, both together? You use the lever? Yeah, oh yeah, you do. Well, it depends on what. If you just have to slow a little bit, you can use the pedal. But if you have to slow, like, for a light, yeah, you, yeah. you have to reach. And the, the thing about driving is you cannot afford to be surprised by anything. Cause you are so you're looking be, way. Oh way yeah, yeah. Ahead. You see brake lights like yeah. a half mile away. You're like, okay, what do I got to do? And your brake yeah. bias changes depending on how tired your arm is. Yeah, yeah exactly. Jeez. And if you, you know, I mean, if somebody pulls out in front of you, you're gonna ram that thing right into him. You know, at the end of the day, you'd just be like flossing mopeds and kids and stuff out of the grill. Because when just, he would drive it, he was probably very smooth, right? It's the first couple times, and you're like, oh, uh, you know. Who, the owner. Oh yeah, no, he no, no, he didn't. Sh- he said, okay, push that, pull that, go. You know, yeah. and like he didn't demonstrate how you drive it so i was like okay i've driven some weird vehicles in my life i should be able to handle it and then he said oh you shift better than i do so i felt good about that but now you're going along 70 miles an hour I mean, wind or hair is like you know shaped into a teardrop because <laughs> you know, the windshield's about this big and uh but it's that's fun that's a lot of fun i didn't drive anything that cool i hate to say it drove a had an f-type svr all week though which is nice 
fun. Yeah. Very fast. Loud. Yeah. Very loud. Obnoxiously very... loud. Yep. You, don't, you don't find that totally obnoxious, or you, you still like that? Um, I... I don't I, I, I don't think I want to own it for a week it's a fun game yeah. I think it's a it's it's really really loud like you know and I feel a little guilty but <laughs> other people when I drove it around other people looked at it like it was cool not like I was a piece of shit I felt like a piece of shit but I, other people looked at me like I was cool I like we can have the option you know like when it's loud it's a cool loud sound but when it's all the time it's not you, that you bad just, if you turn it if it's, it's not in loud mode it's not that bad it, it quiles it, it quiles it down a little okay. bit yeah a little bit when, but, but when it's when it's turned on I mean it's like you you just cough and then the throttle goes. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I feel like that, that that's the one that they were like, okay, everybody's got every base covered in the industry. Okay, we we'll just make the loudest car. Yes. Like mm-hmm. I don't know how that car's even legal. Tops, like one of Britain's loudest bands. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Goes up to. Really I loud. think they. I think honestly, I, read, I remember at the press launch. They they measured the allowable legal decibel limit and backed it off by one. I swear to God, that's a thing I was told at the press. That would definitely be illegal at Laguna Seca. Yeah, Yeah. they just went down one. Yeah. What causes tinnitus? Hearing damage. All right, back it off. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Cool car, though. What else is? I drove my. Oh, I actually yeah. So you know the my Focus RS, uh, they 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 ride like shit from the factory. They ride like just horrible unsprung. Shitty ride option. Shitty ride option. So uh, KW sent a prototype set of adaptive coilovers that oh. work with the car's adaptive system, but they are a coilover. So they're electric. They're electric. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think. So they've got like a valve on top. Yeah, there's, a, there's a valve on top with a solenoid, and, and it's electric, yeah. And uh, so they still have the car because they're still fiddling with it. Mountain still has some stuff, and they're writing some new tunes or whatever. But and I'm going out of town anyway, so I said, here, just keep it. But I stopped by and drove it. Holy shit, is it better. This, the ride is so much better now. Because it's just automatically better. reacting to everything it, it's it feels, right? It's just a much right? higher quality shock. Well, like, the old car didn't have it, right? They just mm-hmm. welded the axles to the bottom of the car. And the <laughs> yeah. It's like a go-kart you had when you were a kid. It's, it's just they had they, the shocks were cheap. They're adaptive shocks, but they're cheap adaptive shocks. These are expensive adaptive shocks, and they just they, okay. there's a lot more range of motion. There's a lot more... Respond, the response time is better. Like everything's better. And I drove the car around for 15 minutes and just went, "Holy shit, this is way better." It's awesome. Yeah, the, like the excited. Ford Raptor of focuses. Rally car, bro. <laughs> and then everyone, the move everyone says is to ditch the 19-inch wheels. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and get eight. You go to get 18. Yes. Some some guy was walking past me today and he saw my M3. He's like, "Oh, I have one of these in the garage with 40,000 miles on it." And he bought it like two months old. And uh, he's what like, "What generation like, is your M3? E46." Nice. And he's like, "Oh, you know, I like your wheels." And I told him about Armin. Armin bent two 19-inch wheels in a month. And this guy's like, yeah. "Oh yeah, I did the same thing. First five weeks, like, you know, you go too tall, you just start bending shit. It's not as comfortable." Well, and Top they're down. heavier, and big wheels are terrible. There's no good reason to have big wheels other than people think they look cool because mm-hmm. they're heavier than smaller wheels. They the ride's worse. They're... So, I think I need to downsize to 18s. Dude, it looks sweet. I know, so if I have to, but I have to find wheels. I got to find HRE to make wheels. Right, you, done. You just found HRE. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> how, who do we know in the wheel industry? Depends <laughs> if I have to spend money on it. Or not. Looks you like got anything off Facebook? Mm-hmm. We had. I saw there was one good question that I I, uh, I hate to bring up uh, car and driver, but someone had a question about That's magazine okay. testing. Yeah, what about it? Um, someone wanted to know, and I, you can find the exact person was universal tire testing. It was about universal? tires. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, it, it was like it was a. No, it was just easy. It was easier than that. It was tire testing. Is there? Nightmare. No, no. It was. Is there an argument for 
having a spec tire for something like a lightning lap versus having the cars run with what the manufacturer well offers. there's an argument the problem is it's not a good argument because when you go into the dealership you don't go you know i want the spec tire you know i don't want the tire that the car comes on you know i mean you can't when you buy a car you get the tires that it comes with so our attitude was when i worked at Carnar was you test the cars as they're delivered to the customers yeah we could put a spec tire on but the, the, then you create an artificial circumstance yeah you know i mean it does what it's meaningless if you put the same tire in every single car because that's not the way you buy the car so yeah um, the point was to test the car the way it's delivered to the customer so i actually think and i tire is a part of the car that the manufacturer works to develop with the tire manufacturer oh absolutely so that's important as well but i also out of curiosity i would love to see how every sports car on earth performed on a pilot sport for us you know what i mean or on the same on whatever because it would kind of we just remove that variable and just look at uh mechanical grip and yeah but it would be purely an academic exercise because unless the customers could actually put those tires on the cars and by the way i mean you get you do get weird sizes sometimes and so Mm -hmm. not every you're not going to get a tire for every single car that we test there of course um you know but i mean the fact is is uh, you know Pilot sports have kind of become the de facto spec tire for ultra high performance cars. So, um, yeah, but I've driven a bunch of cars recently that don't that don't have them. Uh, they might have them as an option. Maybe. I mean, we get you know, I mean, we we get funny. St- you when, when you get into this, you find out the the deep nuances of car company you know trickery. So they'll they'll offer like the NSX for example offered. Um, um, what do they do? I'm oh, they have a Trofeo R tire. Yeah, Trofeo R, but it's yeah. like a dealer ordered. Yeah, so it's like yeah. you can call Tire Rack and get the Trofeo R, or you can check the box and then the dealer will call Tire Rack and get you the Trofeo R. For the, yeah. But it's an official factory option. So when they delivered the car for us to, to test at VIR, it was on these Trofeo Rs, and we're like, all right, what's up with that? Because yeah. that wasn't in the press stuff or anything. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's a dealer thing now. You can go. So basically, it's just the dealer calls Tire Rack and gets the tires for you instead of you calling Tire Rack and getting the tires for you. So um, that, you know, we see. <laughs> clever. There's an, and then everyone's, if you look closely, because um, we get cars, uh, got cars. I have to do everything past tense. Um, they were very new. And so sometimes the tires weren't ready for the car. Like the, the optional tire wasn't yeah, yeah. out yet. And so they would put like Porsche spec tire. That was real common. You'd see, I think Porsche's designation is N1 as well. Uh-huh. So you'd see N1 tires on other car companies. Oh, yeah. You go, there's an N1 there. And, you know, and like, oh, yeah, yeah our, t- our tire's coming, you know. Huh. But we didn't have it yet. But we know this is a track test. So we want, you know, to experience the car with the tires that will be optional when we get them. Oh, that's and so, yeah, that you know, we see a little bit of, uh, you know, and then we had the LC500 this past year. This is my last lightning lamp. And um, we don't How nice is it? Isn't it great? Well, I mean, it's nice. Yeah, it's it's heavy. That's the worst thing you can say about car, it. It's not a track car. It's a great GT car. car. It's yeah, very yeah. comfortable. It sounds great, mm-hmm. which, let's face it, not all Toyotas have. And uh, it's, re- it's even reasonably quick on the track. It's reasonably it? quick. The styling is attractive, I think, mm-hmm. and interesting. Um, and, it yeah, it does every – it kind of behaves on the track. It's not weird or anything. So – so fine. So we drove it for like two or three days on on the Bridgestone Potenza S somethings that come on the car, uh-huh. and we're driving. And they delivered a second set of mounted tires, you know, which we shoved in the back of the garage. And we were driving this thing on the Bridgestone it's two or three days, and the lap times were okay. They were about what we expected the car. Um, and then the last day, we had a lot of rain, and so we actually ended up delaying for a couple of days. And then we we went back out there. 
And somebody's like, well, we should probably just throw on the other set, you know, because we, you know, these tires are probably a bit used up. So somebody went back in the garage and they realized that they were Michelin Passports. It was the optional <laughs> tire for the car. It wasn't another set of bridge shots. Oh, whoops. And they were like, uh, yeah, we probably should have put these on the beginning. So they slapped them on. Immediately, three seconds came yep. off the lap. Now, yeah, anybody wow. who's been on tracks knows three seconds is a lot of time. Yeah, and It was yeah, an yeah. immediate three-second drop in, in the time of the car, immediately. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, tires make a huge. Yeah. They are probably the single biggest performance, you know, factor that separate cars. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh, you learn a lot about tires when you do that kind of stuff. I once heard uh, Callaway say that the entire car was built to make the tire perform. Yeah, well, I believe mm. it. And tires, I mean, in the in the seventeen it's years poetic. that I worked at Car and Driver, that's poetic. The, <laughs> the tires changed so dramatically. I mean, you'd be we. I I remember doing when I first started doing skid pads. You do two or three runs on the skid pad. You could see cords. I mean, literally on relatively new tires because they they would get so hot in such a short amount of time. They they couldn't manage the heat. And and nowadays you can be all day at the yeah. track and yeah. and ripping around and and they they're, they're. I ran a Civic Type R around Road Atlanta all for a whole weekend and I had like zero noticeable tire wear yeah. really and they were fuck they were conti's or something i don't know they they weren't my favorite tire but they but they held up remarkably well and one of our tech guys casey colwell it was visiting one of the tire companies and they told him this amazing stat which is that all the cad data used to build a tire all the computer data that they use in the tire is greater than the amount of cad data used for the whole rest of the car oh really yeah wow. tires are amazingly complicated um, oh, this is your bumping. neighbor. Someone's bumping. Beats. We're gonna get flagged for copyright now. <laughs> I don't know what kind of what kind of vehicle is that out there that's bumping these beats? It's oh, really it's a motorcycle with speakers. It's a uh, motorcycle with speakers. That's oh, the worst. Oh yeah, Candy of course it is. Down. Of course it is. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um, <laughs> sorry so, guys. Anyway. Yeah, that. that was uh the tire. No, it some of the we've run. Uh, I mean, just an MX-5 Cup. It's not a particularly heavy car, but we ran an entire endurance weekend on one set of tires. Hankooks, right? Uh, I think that's what they use. They no, we used Durezas, Dunlop Durezas. Oh, really? Because I thought Hankook had that series, but man, I could be wrong. For a for what? No, it well, wasn't. They were like, no, no, not an MX-5 Cup. We weren't. We were racing oh, you an were AER. Just, oh, okay, that was okay, the car, yeah. but we were racing in an AER. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. car two nine-hour races. But a nine-hour race on one set of street tires? It's yeah, an unbelievable it's number of laps. What, what track was it? Uh, this was at uh, New Jersey Motorsports Park, Thunderbolt. Uh, is that a tight or is it open? It is, uh, I would say, relatively tight. Mm. Relatively tight. Fun little track, actually. Yeah, we had a cup car. We had a Miata cup car out there two years ago at Lightning Lap. The new one, right? The new the one. The new one kicks ass. It's great fun. Well, I tell people it's like... You can, if you buy one of these things, you buy just a regular Miata, not even a cup car, just a regular Miata. You take it to your track day. You get really good at driving that car. You can go drive anything on the market, Yeah, anything. That car will prepare you to lap a 918. I mean, you will learn everything you need to know about car control yeah. from that car. Left foot braking, lift throttle oversteer, everything uh, just from a Miata. I mean, they're... This, the so ND fun. MX-5 Cup happens to be very good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the car yeah. that we had two years ago was actually leading the championship. It was halfway through the season. Oh, really? Somebody called them. It was like the team. I forget the name of the team. They wanted. They said, you know, 
Would you bring out the car? Exposure. So they literally brought the car mid-season, leading the championship out, and they dropped it off. They yeah. didn't even Nuts. babysit it. They yeah, were like, yeah. oh, yeah, just call us when you're done. So we had it there. Like, everybody drove it. We just drove the shit out of it. Yeah. But, it was great. Uh, and apparently, they're very cheap to run. They told me yeah. that if you blow a motor, I think it's four grand for a I'm, sealed crate motor ready to it. race. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Now, now when I'm I race, it off. When I raced first-gen Miatas, the, a motor was 1500 bucks. Yeah. It was like, who cares? You just ran to the red line. You know, so it was it, unbelievably fun to drive, but uh, it is the best way to race, really, at an affordable price. Yeah, we, I've been digging Chump Car and AER, they've been both very fun. I like the endurance running? racing. We did an E30 at 24 hours of VIR. That survived? Oh, it did survive. Did yeah, it, really? it did survive. Yeah, although yeah. I've said it a few times in this show, I, I did not enjoy racing at night, it was very scary at VIR, very dark. Do they use the whole Yes. Full course? Uh, n- not the grand course, the full course. They don't. We don't include the Patriot course. You the, the infield. Not no yeah, infield. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, go all the way down the back. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Still, yeah. that's that's like a four mile lap or three, three no, and a half mile lap. No, three, two, two and change. I think, I think. That's three. A pretty long change. lap though. Yeah, yeah. It's very hard at night. It was very hard to see. I well, I, I'm day, no one agrees. That was the first time I raced. That's the only time I ever put a car on its roof. Was, you put a car. Yeah. When the sun, <laughs> sun went down, I went off. <laughs> it was like literally. I was, uh, first time I'd raced at night, and, and like the sun went down, and then the dew started to settle. Yeah. And I went a little wide on a corner, and it just went in the grass and started and accelerated. Oh. And then it, it went backwards, and it was in a Miata, actually. Really? Yeah. We did this thing at Nelson Ledges in Ohio. We did this 24 drivers in 24 hours. So we like <laughs> went kind of like everybody's going to drive a That's hour. it. I mean, it's pretty fun. It was totally. Really That's what I did. What hour were you though? Yeah, was that? What hour were you? I was at like nine o'clock. You know, this is the middle of summer, so it was a late. It's a late sunset. So I was like, I got in the car just as the sun was setting, and I well, was. You fucked it up for seventeen drivers. Was the, well, well, no, we actually got the car running again. But really? um, I, um, yeah, it was the weirdest thing. I was fought, I was having a great time. I was turning good lap times, the whole thing, and the sun's setting, and the headlights are now on. And I, this is a whole new experience for me because I hadn't raced at night like yeah. you and. So I'm following this guy, and, and there's a part of the course. Nelson Ledges is like the low-rent track of all time. I mean, it's, 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 it's really just a tire landfill that somebody <laughs> has put a track around. You know? It's like an unlicensed tire landfill, you know, four trillion mosquitoes per square inch. So, um, so we're out in like the back part of the course, which is really dark. And the, and the funny part about this whole story is that during the driver's meeting before the race, they handed out these um, breakable glow sticks and they're like, did they do this for you? And they said, tape it in the car. And if you have a wreck, like way out in the back where it's dark and there are no people. No, that would have probably been a good idea. They want to mm-hmm. wave the glow sticks so we know you're not dead and we won't call a helicopter. So, and I, I, I remember thinking at the time, I'm like, all right, how fucking likely is that? So, <laughs> so we taped the thing in and I'm, you know, so I'm laughing, I'm having a great time and I'm follow, I'm chasing this BMW and we get out in this back section where there's a sweeper and he taps his brakes and I, I tap mine and the car just starts to drift out and it caught the, the wet part of the track and then it was on the grass and that was That's it. The, end. You're a the car spun yeah. around backwards and went right down the tree line and I, you know, my mental you know vision it took of it a is, minute and a half it was like headlights with like trees flying through it it was like the, the opposite of the scene where luke crashes on dagobah and he's yeah, going through yeah. all the bra- it was like going backwards and <laughs> then all of a sudden dude. the sensation was a falling i literally thought that i had fallen into a creek or like a little ditch or something but what had happened was i'd hit this tire pile <laughs> which because it's the whole it. no and gone nose over tail in the air nose oh. over tail the car literally went vertical nose over tail and landed in the tall grass 
And so I'm like hanging on my belts and I call the pets and I'm like, oh, fuck it. I rolled the car. Fuck, fuck, fuck. I'm really sorry. And then I'm like, I better get out of this thing. So I take the steering wheel off and I undo the belts and crash to the ceiling and then slide out, worm out the door. Then I'm just like going, you know, walking around in circles going, you know, all the adrenaline is (laughs) like, you know, I can't see straight because of all the adrenaline. I'm like, fuck, fuck, fuck. And then I remember the glow stick. Like, oh shit, I gotta do the glow stick. So I go in back in the car and grab the glow stick and I start waving it around. And later they were like, thank God you did that because we were just about to call the helicopter. So um, they did not give us glow sticks at VIR. They no. really, really should have. Yeah. It took them about 20 minutes at one point to find a car that had gone off. Yeah. Like a car went like off, 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 you off. know, in pitch black. To another state. It took them a really <laughs> long time to find it. And VR it is it's almost on the border, isn't it? Suggest that next time. Yeah. So uh, glow sticks from somebody who knows. (laughs) Yeah, but then they hauled they hauled it back. They they pulled the car off the tire pile and or off the grass and uh, hauled it back and we fixed it. We had it running in three hours. That's amazing. Yeah, we had a couple of bent control arms we fixed and luckily we had all the parts and uh, we had to put new. I'd squashed the lights, the driving lights, so we put new lights on and you know we kind of taped it back together and we we got it back on the track. Did all twenty four drivers still get their time? No, because about eight o'clock in the morning or nine o'clock in the morning, one of the guys who had been you know like we had all been working on the car, he'd been up probably for like three days straight. Yeah. He was it was his turn and he went wide on a guy and just lost it. Went drove right into the wall and oh. destroyed the radiator and. So was he okay? That was, yeah, he was fine. Right. But I was glad. I was glad. I was. I was like. I was. I only rolled the car. He's yeah. the one who destroyed it. Yeah. Yeah. You, you ran again. After you just kept him up all night working on it. Yeah, and then he get. It was sleep. fun. It was like a great. It was all magazine staff people and, and a few other people, and it was like a great team building. We were like, yeah, yeah. it was the only time we were really happy. I think <laughs> I was fixing that car, uh, overcoming yeah. overcoming problems, man. That's why AER Chump is so fun. Like if something goes wrong, you all just <gasps> you can just watch the adrenaline in the pits. Yeah. And just goes ah, and scramble and if you fix it then you so, go back out have you guys done lemons too yeah. yes so what do you how do you compare the two i really like aer and chump better than lemons what's a american endurance racing which is an east coast only. oh that's like serious racing that's um, that's not rex it's it's in between there are some cars that would that could race in chump car for sure e30s e36s stuff like that and then there's also some nicer cars. Like you can show up with a straight up like world challenge car. Okay. And there's just different classes. But it's not none of it. Like Chump's not like Lemons, where people come with the Starship Enterprise. And no, you could, you can't. You can paint your car, but it's got to look like a car. Yeah. You can't make your turn your car into a boat and shit. Like yeah. it can be fairly shitty, and you can paint it silly, and you can have fun names. But your car has to look like a car. This chump, chump car wasn't it kind of like born out of people who wanted to like really race, but Just lemons was too more, silly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then an AER, I would put in a, one half a bump up from that too. But the driving's gotten pretty good at chump car. But did they get as many people? Because this lemons get a million people. Yeah, but you couldn't. In yeah, that's a very go back that that Bimmer World car. Like that's a typical chump or uh, AER car. Yeah, see that's so a, that's, a nice, that's really serious car. Nice yeah. little E thirty six. There's there's some real builds in yeah. AER for sure. And then there's also like some fairly ratty looking E thirties. And we race an MX five Cup that, you know, aside from being a little dirty, looks looks like a nice clean car too. So, um, and Chump car, it's not as busy as as lemons, but it's oh, close. It's traffic. like it, you know, it's a hundred or plus when we were at VIR. But I think when we did 100. lemons at Sonoma, it was like a hundred and sixty started. Chump has, you know, a and then they fall off. Real five quick. cars per mile of track rule. 
They do. So lemons um, doesn't. Lemons, as yeah, as many as, as many as they can. Sell. I mean, the one I did a lemons race in Chicago at was it Audubon they called yeah. it or something. And I mean, um, Lamb showed up in a helicopter. Yeah, yeah. he's like he's like Bernie <laughs> Ecclestone of crap. And, well, uh, we did the math on how many cars they get versus their entry fee every weekend, and they're they're rolling cheap. in it. People think it's cheap racing. It's not twenty two hundred dollars a team. Yeah. Lemons, and they've got an average of 150 teams per weekend. Do the fucking math. Yeah, that's crazy. It's, AER is 1800, and the track is probably 15 grand to rent. So yeah, someone's counting cash. But uh, yeah, I thought that was just you know Lamb like kind of walked down the starting line, looked at the car, waved the green flag, and then I saw the helicopter fly yeah, yeah, out. Yeah. Where is it? Oh, he's in the helicopter. Yeah, <laughs> nice. No, AER and Chump uh, are the tracks a little more open. You got a little more room to race, a little more room to play. Very, well, very I mean, fun. when I did Audubon, the car that we were running was a Prelude. We called it the Hell Kitty. Mm-hmm. And um, I was passing like 30 cars a lap. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's so fun, right? It's like a video game. Super yeah. fun. Yeah. It's like racing on the 405, which is actually <laughs> exactly. Zach's line. Yeah. It's um, great. Anything else before we wrap this up? Approaching two hours, man. Yeah. There's a few. Um, what are some K cars you can import? Because you used to have a cappuccino. Oh, can you realistically use one as a DD? Including occasional long drive. Daily driver. Day driver. Uh, you can if you're small. I mean, uh, I saw. Did you? Oh, you were in Pebble Beach. The, a guy had a uh, Mazda AZ1, an AutoZam. I drove AZ1. an AutoZam. Did I you liked really? it. Yeah, I loved it. It was. I, I made the guy. Is it hard to get in and out of it? So the one I drove. Um, uh, there, there it is. The, see the next to the, the Tahoe, Tim. That's from my video. That's so that oh, yeah. that's it. Oh, that I know that guy. He's out in Claremont. He's in Long Island, New York. Oh, okay. That's his, that's that his name is Seth, and I drove. That's his car. And Seth is about my size. Right. And he took out the stock seats and put in um, Lotus Elise seats, which give you quite a lot more room. Yeah, basically a painted piece of metal. And it's a piece he, of metal painted black. Yeah, and then he <laughs> removed the lower half of the center console, which gives you a lot more leg room. Is Seth a big fellow? He's about my size. Okay. And I found it actually quite comfortable. Yeah. It was nice. It's the, the rear suspension geometry is wonky as shit. And, like, the rear just really wallows around a lot. You'd have to do something with the rear suspension. Like, it's definitely not a sports car. But it was actually pretty fun. Yeah. I enjoyed driving it very much. Well, they, um, they listen, it's the 25-year rule. You can bring in anything 92 or older. It's, a, it's, uh, a lot of these cars are coming in from Canada where they have a 15-year rule. Yeah. So they're out there. Yeah. If you want one, it's like... Why buy one overseas? Or whatever you want is probably. Well, I think here. the guy wants to know if you use a day. Are they, it's got they got to be reasonably reliable, right? They were meant to be everyday cars. Yeah, I mean the fact is the AZ one, the Cappuccino, they were made by Suzuki. Uh, Suzuki has had the best selling car in Japan for like twenty years running, which was the um, Wagon R, which uses the same engine. It was first the F six A, then the K six A, this little three cylinder. It's also used in Bombardier's um, snowmobiles. Oh, really? And so yeah, I mean this engine is not hard to get parts for um the the thing that's hard to get parts for is like you got a 92 cappuccino and you need body panels or anything like that that you have to buy off like ebay japan yeah, yeah. that that gets tricky and japan's like a really old-fashioned place to do business they, they a lot of them like won't ship you stuff unless it's cash on delivery they only do cod so like a guy comes to your door and you hand him a wad of cash and yeah, he'll yeah. hand you the thing that you bought so like if you call i'm in the u.s and i need a cappuccino panel i mean it's better to go find these guys that import they have connections in japan and they import stuff there's a guy up in chatsworth i know who brings in he just brought in a whole load of moto compos what is a uh, moto compo a moto compo oh it's a little honda uh 50 cc bike that was supposed to go in the back of the oh, honda that. city oh yeah, yeah the little folding bike oh cool. yeah 
Yeah, that's yeah. what uh, Chris Stewart, the uh, grid life head organizer, was using as a pit bike. Yeah, I was thinking about buying one for my plane, but yeah. it, they're quite heavy. Actually. He's got a he's got a Honda City uh, K van. Yeah, and it goes in the back. It goes of the in, K it was van. designed to go in the back of that, and you yeah. park. The idea being, you park on the outside of the city, and then you ride your little moto comp yeah. to wherever Very you gotta cool. go. Um, but anyway, yeah, there's there's enough guys in the country that that imports. So like, if you need oil filters or belts or stuff, you can you can find. Oh, is this oil stuff. are oil filters tough to come by? Well, the, you can't get an AutoZone oil filter. The oil filter that I used in the cappuccino was a Suzuki Outboard. It matched the the part number matched. <laughs> right, so yeah. I went to a marine in Marina del Rey. There was oh, a yeah. marine shop. West Marine. The, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it wasn't West Marine. It was some little shop, and the guy was a Suzuki parts dealer for Suzuki Outboard Motors, and he was like, "Yeah, I got him." Oh, so there you go. yeah, so I mean, you you know, you make do, and there's enough of them around. They're they're on the forums. Is the the problem is in California. California, of course, because um, we're Carb. super tight on emissions. What most people don't know is in California, uh, but at least there was, and I think there still is, there was an exemption for cars under 50 cubic inches. Uh, in oh. Displacement, which is like 821 cc. Of course, uh -huh. all K classes are 660 yeah. cc. And that exemption dates from the early 70s when they were California was writing the first testing procedures you have to understand california got into emissions regulations before the federal government i mean california yeah, yeah, yeah. california had its own rules before there was a clean air act which is what created all of the federal um, emissions testing laws so california was writing these test procedures but there were certain cars that didn't fit on the dyno that were on the market like the subaru 360 and the honda n600 and you know these little tiny cars they didn't fit on the dyno rollers they were too small for testing, for lab testing. So California was just like, all right, every car under 50 cubic inches, we're not going to worry about it. Oh, that's super interesting. Because there weren't that many that. cars. Yeah, and they were and, tiny and anyway. And they were tiny anyways. Yeah. And they got a good fuel economy. And, you know, so they just wrote, and all through all the years and all the changes in the law, that exemption's still there. Huh. So, so you can get a K car exempted. You can. Yeah. However, uh, the problem you're going to run into is that the California DMV will kick out any. Um, VIN number that's yeah, yeah. from 82 or newer. Because we in 81, we transitioned to a standardized 17-digit VIN. So any, anything that's 82 or newer has to have a standardized 17-digit VIN, which, of course, Japanese market cars don't have. Right. They have like an 11-digit VIN. Yeah. So, 13, and I'm not going to tell people how to break the law, but basically if your K car is 1981 or older, if it, that's what the title says, mm -hmm. then, you know, it gets a lot easier. So... Well, if he's in California, that's a good tip. If not, you're good pretty much anywhere else in America. Yeah, I mean, there's states, you know, most of like Michigan where Basically I drive, anywhere. you can get a toilet seat license. Yeah, yeah. Guess, you know. I saw someone at Grid Life in Atlanta driving a Honda Beat, and it looked like a great little fun car. The Cappuccino is really it? the best. There's a guy the here. The Cappuccino is yeah, the best yeah. one. If you're going to buy it, it's really, you know, first of all, it's turbocharged, so it actually has torque. The, Beat the AZ1 doesn't. is also turbocharged. Yeah, because it's the same engine. You yeah. know, Suzuki made the AZ1. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, it's... You know, I had one. I, you know, I'm obviously an advocate, but but there was a guy here with a beat, and he and I went up in the mountains one day and drove. We swapped cars mm -hmm. and drove back to back, and he even got out of, you know, he got out of my car. He's like, yeah, that's a better car. Is it? The Beats really. It was cheap. The interior is. Just I've never been in one, plasticky. but it looks kind of nice. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you get one that's clean, you know, kind of you can see them pretty cruddy. But if you get one that's got like the zebra pattern seats, you yeah. know, and it's clean and it's in good shape, and it's I I prefer the original wheels. A lot of people slap these really horrible, you know, like reams reams on them. Reams. Yeah, and they, they they just look horrendous. But you know, there's a lot of Japanese tune-up stuff you can yeah. put on them and makes them look terrible. If you could get a great AZ1 for under twenty grand, it's probably a fun toy. The guy that I, the one that I drove, he wanted what I felt to be a bit a bit too much money for it. 
Um, but if if you can get one for cheap, it's it is a really fun toy. Well, the thing about the AZ one is they really didn't make many of them. I mean, they didn't. They only made um, I think cappuccinos. They made about twenty eight thousand of them, mm-hmm. and most like eighty percent of them were in the first two years. You know, because all all of these really cool K class cars, the AZ one, the B, they all came out in the early nineties. So it was like Japan bubble economy in the nineteen eighties. Everybody, you know, they were like eating yeah. food with gold flakes on it and stuff. Yeah, ever, you know, all like, of Japan was built in the eighties. Yeah, Japan exactly. Japan is the future as imagined without Apple where Panasonic rules the fucking <laughs> exactly. world. Exactly. Right? So then the, everything crashed in around 1990. Like the whole economy, just the bubble economy in Japan crashed. Well, all of these toy K cars, all these fun K cars had all been engineered in the bubble economy, but the whole economy crashed. So all of these cars came out like 1991 along with the Miata and the 300ZX. Yeah. You know, unlike those cars which could be exported, the K cars couldn't. Yeah, yeah. So they were bound to this, you know, falling apart economy. And so subsequently not many of them got made. And so the AZ one, especially because that thing really is a toy. It's a really, yeah. yeah. And, it's a weird and so I don't know how many they made, but it was probably fewer than 10,000. I heard 5,000. That was the number. Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there was actually a Suzuki version for one year called the Suzuki yeah. Kara, you know, but uh, they're, they're kind of rare. And in Japan, their collectibility is starting to go up. I mean, Cappuccinos for years, you can buy them for no- like every used car in Japan. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah, buy yeah. them for nothing. You know, beats the same. It was like fifteen hundred dollars yeah, for yeah. a car with thirty thousand miles. I mean, they were like really cheap. But now they've started to become collectible in Japan as well. So you know, I don't think the prices are going to go down. That's for sure. No, they won't go down. But if you can get one for, it's a fun toy for for eighteen. And you can drive them every day. I mean, there, and there are a lot of you the, could daily it for a the lot of the K classes sure. were if you buy the little vans and stuff. I mean, those are much more practical. Dude, that uh, the Honda van that this dude I know has, who puts that little scooter in the back of. Yeah. I drove it. It was awesome. Yeah. I mean, it only goes about 65, maybe 70. But as an actual like city vehicle, it was super like efficient and easy to drive and actually kind of like nice. Yeah. And a lot Morning of Star should actually buy one. A lot of K class pickups and vans have been brought in as used uh, farm equipment. Yeah, they, that's yeah. how they snuck them in before the, you know, the 25 year rule. And state of Oklahoma, when, when gas prices were four bucks a gallon, state of Oklahoma actually passed a law saying that those were legal. People yeah. could buy because people were like. They're like, why should I drive my giant Ram 3500 Dually into town to get groceries? And they were buying these little K trucks, you know, to drive in. And and at the time, gas was really expensive. So the state passed a law saying that they're legal. And then the federal government came along and said, yeah, no, they're not legal. Hmm. And then Oklahoma said, fuck you. We get to put the license plates on. We say they're legal. So there was a little bit of a tiff there. That's the one. That's the one right there, Tim, that that I think Tom should get. Is one of those. Oh, in in Japan, they make RVs out of them too. There's a company mm-hmm. in southern Japan called Tent Mushi. It's it's <laughs> like uh, it's uh, well, it's like the tent. Westphalia. Of yeah, the, it, it translates as like tent insect. And um, so they make K, they make K class, uh, and you can if you put tent mushi in, it'll probably come up. And they make little RVs. They're like little tiny RVs out of these K class vans. There. Tent mushi. Yeah. I want to see that. And then we got to wrap this up. This is a two hour show, kids. Wow, there look at go. those. Top yeah, left. They don't oh. have like three axles on them. And stuff. That's like tents on tents on tents. <laughs> wow, that's a that is. <laughs> Zoom in on that. That's a that's like. I, I so want to do optimistic. a story where drive around Japan in one of those things. Optimistic. Hell yeah, dude. Well, that's it helps. It helps fun. to be Japanese sized. Yeah. To, uh, I bet you that'd be fun for like two nights. <laughs> <laughs> two two whole nights. Two whole nights. That's All cool. right, we got to wrap this one up. Thanks for coming in, buddy. As always, Haggerty Magazine. Haggerty Get it now magazine. by getting yeah. Haggerty insurance. Going from four issues to eight a year, it's a big push. That's cool. So. Looks like Architectural Digest. Can you get me like a promo issue at least so I can read uh, on okay, the airplane? Yeah, I'll get you all stack. Get me a thing. Hand out. Stack it up. I will. All right. Thanks for coming in. Uh, you want to plug Twitter, Instagram, any of that shit? 
uh, Haggerty. That's it, just Haggerty. I we have all that stuff. I'm too new. I don't know. No, I just was... meant yours. Do you? Oh, uh, do you I do don't it? do you any don't of know? that stuff. I... A man with an Espada has no time for Instagram. <laughs> he has no need. No Espada <laughs> and an airplane. <laughs> and an airplane. Hey, I have oh, signed that's... up for serious, um, serious abuse. There you go. Flip that up there, Tim, for us. So we can see. Look, now you can say you're at work here. Haggerty Classic Cars on Instagram, as well. That's look right. Look at that hammer. Top right, looking good. Hammer, I love, it. I love right. a hammer wagon. That's excellent. Um, thanks for coming in, dude. It's always good to see you. As always. The podcast take all take a fun direction when you're here. Do it Thank again you. soon. I'm off on adventure drives, uh, which I'm going to be doing when everyone else hears this podcast. So see you all when I get back. I'm mm-hmm. going on vacation for two weeks. and uh, But don't worry. The, uh, as, as you're listening to the pot, this content, you'll be like, he's on vacation, but the content has kept flowing. Exactly, motherfucker. <laughs> That's what the hustle is. Uh, the Smoking Tire podcast is, as always, powered by Shout Engine. Get your own damn podcast at shoutengine.com. You know what to do. You know how to do it. And even if you don't, you go to shoutengine.com, and Chris wrote instructions. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very easy. If I can have a podcast, and I'm a fucking moron, so can you. Good day, kids.